1: Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Oh, take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. suck it
1: nice. A couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who
0: the fuck is Kenny
1: G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? <laughs> He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. oh take
0: it out, take it
1: Dude, out. Dude, now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. Yeah, he had the right ideas.
0: It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it.
1: Hi, Taylor. Hi. Hey. Hello. Hi, Josh. Josh isn't here yet. Sucks he said side. he'll be here later. I don't know if that is actually going to happen, but <laughs> one can pray that it doesn't. <laughs>
2: I'd be, I mean, I'd be no, of revenant. course, I'm
1: always happy when Josh is here. You know the landlord went on a harassment spree of him on Instagram this week? Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> she all his, he deleted all her comments, and like, she got uh, Courtney in on it, too. And of course, uh, Josh's wife loved it. Of course. You know what, she needs an ally, because Josh has a ton of them and usually it's us piling on about you know AARP and retirement communities it's not, it's it's not a nursing home it's a retirement community yeah no that that's, that's being nicer about it yeah it's it's like the Olivia Soprano she thinks it's a nursing home we tell her it's a retirement community <laughs> Nah, Josh's wife nice. is
2: Olivia Soprano yeah you're going to have really good time here Paul <laughs> you yeah, it was great looking at her yearbook photos in black and white <laughs> <laughs> they were actually just etched in yeah like the Flintstones? Yeah, no, she. I think she was the one that found the Rosetta Stone <laughs> and translated everything.
1: Yeah, you know, it's weird, like, talking to her sometimes to just actually understand what it was like during the Great Depression.
2: Oh, my God. Yo, what was it like when Edison created the light yeah.
1: bulb? <laughs> she was the one that was actually telling Ben Franklin to be careful when he was flying his kite. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you should use a key.
1: Yeah, what? put a key on it and be careful. Fucking stupid. <laughs> Sorry, Josh's <laughs> wife. We're making a lot of old jokes. That's yeah, but okay. you know, it, but to be fair, we we do give it back to Josh too. So she does need an ally sometimes. I think everyone needs an ally sometimes.
2: No, not everyone. I mean, you have one sometimes. I have I have more than one ally.
1: I'm your ally sometimes
2: which is nice.
1: It, rarely. We, we need we, we had some allies on Twitter today cuz some guy got really upset with me and um, Jerry Emer.
2: <laughs> that nothing new. What, so, what did Jerry do now? So Jerry
1: texted me that he was trolling this guy about how the Dolphins <laughs> set the touchdown record this year. Okay. And he's like the guy's like that's our true look and he's like are you kidding? I'm the official Dolphins playbook. I think I know how many we scored. <laughs> so I just jumped in on it and started going back and this guy took like the picture of us with the our regular picture uh-huh. and he photoshopped like gay porn behind us That's
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> like, he, this guy got mad dude but I like caught like on his profile it said that he's an investigating officer I was like oh uh, where are you a cop and yeah. then he changed his bio because we realized that like you got caught
2: yeah he,
1: no, he's no, idiot, you know yeah. one of these guys he's got like it's like a not like a burner account but he definitely didn't want to put his own name to it well
2: for sure I mean if you're a cop and then, then he might... claimed
1: you don't have to, he goes you don't have to be a cop to arrest people I was like alright I'm sure you're making a lot of c- citizens arrests
2: oh so, just how funny Jerry is on Twitter the last thing he tweeted was from 19 hours ago and so it's doing way Kid who's, you know, yeah, transitioning. Who's transitioning and he just goes beyond the fact of the gender preference. I don't give a shit. Uh, what you choose to be in life? It's wild seeing a twelve-year-old talk this way. I was hitting people with spitballs and farting in math class when I was twelve. Dude, I'm doing that at thirty-one.
1: <laughs> I still hit people with spitballs. Oh my god! And dude. I fart
2: all the time. Yo, when he got us at the Met game, every- what's yeah. what's that? Dude, Over
1: there. he got us multiple times. A couple There's, times. Yeah, that's why I'm excited that Jerry is uh, moving to New Jersey. Is that confirmed now? oh uh, yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna be about forty-five minutes away. That's nothing. But in the we summer, gotta do, we gotta get him. in the studio. Yeah, in the summer, I want him out here because he's one. He's a Mets fan. He's hilarious. He's a knowledgeable. Sports fan, and he's a fucking asshole.
2: He's hilarious. <laughs> like dude.
1: being an asshole is like the number one criteria to be on this show.
2: Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, you definitely have to be some sort of a dickhead to an extent.
1: To, well, to be a fr- friends with me, you kind of have to have a level of dickhead. I think I bring out more of a dickhead thing in people as well.
2: I would have to agree. Like, you I was were a, nicer before you I was, started hanging out with me. I was a very nice person. And Josh, I, I, I,
1: I tainted him. At a very young age, like, like with your taint, or just taint well, taint. yeah, he was sleeping. And <laughs> I, I think I've made uh, Bob worse. I've definitely Justin was already shit.
2: Uh, oh, Bob was pretty bad before you met him. He was pretty fucking bad. He didn't, I, I like he, to he think I made him worse. He didn't turn full DBR until like you came around until he came to Best Buy. Yeah, 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 yeah that's fair. Yeah.
1: Um, Quads is just miserable. Crotchy the only one old that man. is still nice is Steli. Mm. He's the only one that is still just like a nice guy. Steli,
2: like I said, Stelly is Spicoli. Yeah, he really is. He is <laughs> I'm here, and you're here. Isn't it our time? No shirt, no <laughs> shoes, no dice. <dogs. laughs> <So> or my, <laughs> who ordered the large extra cheese? Right here, dude. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> how
1: was your week, Taylor?
2: It's just been busy. Uh, one day, one day soon, I will finally have something fun to report on as far as my week is concerned. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, winding down.
1: And to be fair, this winter has been pretty
2: moderate. And, like, but, it's, it, but it's but still it's still People
1: need need their shit working, yeah, obviously. And listen, it's...
2: shit breaks. Uh, let, let me just give you a rundown. Even though it hasn't been that crazy uh, cold around here,
1: or snow for that matter, right?
2: So again, I'm on. Sometimes I'm on 24 hour emergency service, and I get like I pulled last weekend. So Friday night, I get a call at around 11:30 at night, Carlstadt, So it's not close.
1: Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I drive all the way to Carlstadt, and I get to the where I'm supposed to be, and then the lady doesn't want to let me in because it's a different it's a different <sighs> company. That's a whole nother. That's a yeah, whole yeah, other yeah. fucking rabbit hole But anyway So she's like Well this is happening Blah 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 I go listen I'm here It's like quarter to twelve It's almost midnight Let me come in and, yeah. I'm here Let me like, go in and I, fix your shit I'm here I came out here So I go down there I start fixing the shit Now she starts yelling Blah 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 like, are you Did a, you have a toilet kitchen? You're not, <laughs> <laughs> no You're not working This isn't the right company You're just gonna me- make it even worse I go listen Do you want heat or not? And she goes No I really want heat It was working when you got here I go no it wasn't Why would you call me if it was, was working? I was stupid. gonna say You right? just wanna see me so uh trying to get deep dicked at eleven I, o'clock at night? I listen, even on even on her best day, I still wouldn't. Even
1: on your worst day. Still
2: wouldn't. <laughs> right. And that's an upgrade for her. Yeah. But no, but when it turns into I fi I fix the fucking thing, but by the time I get done, it's like quarter to th- it's like uh, quarter to two in the morning. Oh. So and I'm gonna like, be up at seven. Yeah, six, So seven I, So instead of driving back to my house, I went to my shop and I just took my boots off and I just fucking fell asleep in a chair.
1: Yeah, that's all you really should do. It's like nothing else to worry about. No one you're gonna hear fucking dogs barking. <laughs>
2: no, <yeah. I laughs> wait does then I wake up to my father my my father opening the door looking at me he goes, You sleep here last night? I go, Yeah. He goes, All right, cool. Well uh in the oil truck, got a couple of oil deliveries. <laughs> so I, then I ended up working until about three o'clock that Saturday. So maybe about two, three hours of sleep in between that. It's like I said, that's just two days. See, th- that happens for an entire month.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it pretty much going right up until March. I would say March. Yeah, and you know, March can warm up, but it can also suddenly get that random like five, you know, five to eight inch snowstorm too, yep. and get to you know the teens and the temperatures. Now, this is a real question here. Okay, so. Does this get into the, the way of jerking off when you're that tired? Because uh,
2: yeah, I, I would say so. Just because, like... You, you have are, no
1: energy to fucking let it out.
2: No, and, like, not... Okay, so this is this is personal too. I'm kind of I'm cutting back
1: on jerking off.
2: Yes, I, I need to g- up my numbers. No, I, yeah, those are rookie numbers. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, exactly. No, I'm cutting back. Uh, like I, I stopped watching porn about a month ago. Yeah, porn's it's,
1: porn's fucking weird. No,
2: because it's start. It's like all all it is is just like it's just incest, incest, incest. Yeah, incest. that's all it is on those that's websites. And is. also,
1: when you realize that, like, when you're watching porn, you're ninety percent looking at dick and balls too. They like, give you that famous, you know, low angle shot, and it's just like taint butthole balls.
2: Yeah, like you barely even see, like you barely yeah, even see the. Video. Be, there's ve-
1: very little pink so, and a lot of uh, the circumcisions.
2: And I'm like, I, I listen, as I, I just don't want to watch that shit anymore. I'm just, I'm well, trying you to fuck
1: up your libido watching too much porn too. It does right. actually. There's things that prove what it does to the brain from watching too much. Well, because it's,
2: it's there's nothing it's, wrong with doing
1: it every so often. Just know where your go tos are.
2: It's unreal. It's for 99 percent of the population. It's unrealistic sex.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that we were talking about that not that long ago on the show. That like the reason like the incest stuff is so fucking big. It's the last like taboo like when you think about it it, it was you know hot teacher MILF um. Uh, then, then you know, like stepdad, whatever the step the stepdad, <laughs> stepdad stuff is fucking
2: weird. It's not as weird as mom fucks son, but like dad fucks daughter. But that like,
1: shit's fucking
2: weird. The part, man. the part that that always annoyed me. So, like, obviously, you know, you search with your porn, you click, it, you know, you're gonna sure. scope it out, see what it's all about, and all the, like as like as they're like fucking. All you hear is, oh yeah, bro, oh yeah, bro. I'm like, I don't want to fucking bro, hear that shit. Yeah. Well, you gotta watch it on mute. It's, it's li- captioning. It, yeah. It's literally like, uh, it's like. Uh, Joe Dirt. Yeah, hit, yeah. hit it first. Yeah, You're my sister. You're... Like, that yeah, shit, dude. It's, it's fucking
1: weird, It's man. really weird. Like, I, I'm i trying to... Like, when did this seismic shift in porn happen? Because it had to be in the last couple of years, I feel like. I Because when I was watching porn a little more often a few years back, I feel like every so often you'd see one of those ones and it was always labeled as taboo. Yeah, like, taboo right. Porn, some crazy shit. And it was like, you know, family... Now that if you go on uh, Pornhub, any of them, it's some kind of fucking weird incest fantasy porn. Mm-hmm. Like... Because forever, you know, gang bangs were taboo, lesbian stuff was the big thing. Like, when you could get lesbian porn, that's all we wanted to watch when we first, like, discovered porn was Facts. lesbian porn. And now I see lesbian porn, I'm like, oh, lesbians. like, whatever. It's, you know, I, I want to see people degraded, you know? <laughs> I want I want bukkake. <laughs> what,
2: that weird
1: shit? I, I don't want bukkake. I want to see bukkake want or f- perform the bukkake. You want that fufu swenda, dude. I, I don't want to be the bukkake who does make your face look like a fucking frosted flake?
2: Yeah, you it's like you got it right.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Stupid. Um, th- I'm trying to think if I did anything exciting this past week. Um, went out to dinner on Saturday with uh, Ralph and his wife. Uh, went to all you can eat sushi, and I ate probably the most sushi I've ever had in my life. To the what, point, what,
2: what, what kind of rolls did you have?
1: I dude, we I don't know. I just said I don't know what's good. Just order it, and I'm gonna eat it. All right, cool. so it was all good. Um, I must ate like twenty one pieces. That's a lot. And, and then I was
2: just sitting there. I'm like, oh no, I can't even hold this fart in. It just Dude, went out. That that's a lot even for me. Yeah. Uh, what do you do the sashimi? Sh- I don't know sashimi okay so it's just like the cut of raw fish is essentially what it is like it's yeah, not a yeah roll. I definitely had that yeah, yeah yeah so like that took me years to really appreciate how well, good that, that shit is well, you fresh only, tuna. you only
1: really got into sushi a few years back I remember is when you first got into it yeah and I had been, I've always liked sushi but I was never like I, it's never something I say I want sushi like yeah. I'm down for it but it's never something like, oh, I'm going to yeah, fuck yeah, sushi. But this time, I was like, fuck yeah, sushi. Yeah. For $23 a person for all you can eat sushi. Yeah, you can And can't it's fucking that. awesome. It was killer. And then Sunday, I kind of just fucked off. Yeah. Um, the landlord went out to a bridal expo as we're getting into the crunch time of wedding planning. Okay. Because when, realistically, when we look at it, our wedding is just over uh, right 13 months away. Mm-hmm so that's where that's all coming down to but here's something fucked up about this sure so it's this expo where you're meeting all these vendors from uh, people that do the the floral arrangements isn't
2: this the one you got out of though I got out of it. I don't have to go. That's That's what what I mean. I fucked off.
1: But this is what's fucked up. So you know, you meet DJs and things like that, and then you meet like photo booth people. You got to have a photo booth at a wedding, right? The photo booth is one of the coolest things. I yeah, you have to. You have to have fucking shitty signs. It's the best memento. I feel like yeah. And this one that she talked to is cool because not only do they print it out, but you put in your phone number and they text you the pictures too or email them to you. That's fucking.
2: That's awesome. I mean, I wish everyone did.
1: that Yeah, I've been to one of all the weddings I've been to, and you know it's a lot. I've only been to one wedding where they had that. Mm -hmm. So she's like hyping up these people like they're brothers they're so nice that she goes oh I just realized something it might be a problem I'm like what she goes all right don't freak out I didn't sign anything it's not official but one of the brothers that runs a photo booth is a little person
2: <laughs> 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 and
1: I was like just picturing like I was like are you kidding I was like the fucking punchlines my friends would run with all night if they knew that a little person was doing something at my wedding would
2: never end. I'm gonna I'm gonna text the landlord and say I'll pay for that. <laughs> I will pay for it. I'll pay for it's, that myself. It, and it's, no, it's expensive. It's dude. it's
1: kind of crazy. Like I, I shouldn't be surprised. And we're like not even doing a crazy high end wedding. No, we're on the, the low end.
2: You're doing like yeah, we good. Like yeah,
1: good but not. Crazy. We're doing what you know. Like for us, we're it's kind of untraditional like we want to have like our music is going to be the kind of shit we want none of that line dancing shit I don't need to hear fucking Cotton Eye Joe at my wedding or the electric slide I have
2: no one plays Cotton Eye Joe at weddings I, anymore uh,
1: no they do Dude, Trust the, me. I'm t-
2: the last weddings I've been to which I don't even I don't even know who the fucking well, people let's are. be fair my like, ratio
1: of weddings is higher so I mean but also the cha-cha slide I don't need that
2: either I'm cool with the cha-cha slide I don't want line dancing you're talking about fucking shit like they did in like middle they school still dances do it. that's they, crazy they did it at Josh's wedding Cha-Cha Slide. They did. They. You're did.
1: right. Correct. Uh, I want some Taking Back Sunday playing. Okay. I want some LCD sound system. You need LCD system. I want system. some Lou Vega. No. <laughs> Wait, here's another... I got a good Lou Vega story no. for you recently. A good so, Lou Vega story?
2: It's not actually about him, You're the him, only but person...
1: That consistently, is like, I gotta go. Well, Lou one Bega of story. one of our defenders today on Twitter. This is so ironic. Uh-huh. His Twitter name was Lou Begafe. Get the fuck out <laughs> I of here! Swear to God, dude. So there's this wedding of uh, one of the landlords' coworkers that we're going to, and they sent us the the, the invitation to RSVP, like what you want to eat, and then one of the things was song request. And I've met this couple before. That's Pretty cool. I've never seen that. Yeah, uh, Nick Cardenas did it for his wedding. There was huh. a song request. Um, so in this one basically just planned out now we always write Mambo number 5 and uh, or or whatever Uh, landlord writes it and the the person that's getting married gets the invitation sends her the picture she's like how did you know that my fiance loved Mambo number 5
2: we didn't (laughs) we didn't but Dan loves Mambo number 5 lucky guess (laughs) yeah like lucky guess would you you be the asshole guy that like say you and the landlord weren't a thing right Sure. and it's just you and you had to put a song request would you be the dickhead and like tool or like slip no
1: because i i'm I, you have to pick something that like you know the dj isn't going to just toss aside you know what i mean like they're not going to play fucking Eyeless as you're walking down there. <laughs> like,
0: like that'd be it's amazing it's, it's, yeah, you could your california yeah.
1: <laughs> and i'm just the only one of the wedding dancing uh-huh. um but we're like now i'm trying to figure out like thing i have to start figuring out things like the song i'm going to dance with my mom to like and i'm like what the fuck do i do for that like <laughs> it's like we were both talking about it me and her and i'm like i don't know like it's you should it's, do simple Man. She she was like, What about Danny Boy? And like she read the lyrics, she goes, Oh no, it's about his mom dying.
0: (laughs) 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 That's uh, awesome.
1: I'm like, "I, I don't know. And then I'm thinking about like what the bridal party walks out to. What all you assholes will be walking out to. And my first instinct is party all the time like no. that to me is a good one alright like I'm, you'd rather that than Mambo Number 5 yes I would it's, it I would funny. prefer it is Murphy. funny when I like you, I have a
2: say yeah but,
1: like, <laughs> but you would prefer Party All Time because like Rick James is involved like, the Rick whole, James produced dude, it man. it's so funny that people actually I've trolled people into thinking that I'm actually like a big Lou Bega fan
2: I can't believe people actually believe
1: you so. well I think it's because I rode the troll for so long like it yeah. just started out with me going to Lou Bega's Facebook and then asking people to like him on Facebook yeah I know
2: I remember the whole thing and you know why you know why it's bad because that makes you a Sociopath. It doesn't make me a sociopath. Yes, it does because no, you believe because... the lie where it becomes
1: reality. Okay, I won't say I believe the lie, I believe the troll. Okay. I buy into the troll. The fact that I could say it to trolls that I know it's not true. But I convinced myself enough that I could convince other people. Sociopath. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably a little sociopathic. (laughs) I mean, I'm well aware that I I have sociopathic tendencies. Oh, no, not you. Uh, No, never. They've mellowed out in recent years, but they're still still there. Like, I'm not like as crazy. I used to do some crazy shit. When I was talking to our friend John last night, we were talking about old Best Buy stories, and I was like, he was bringing up stuff. I'm like, oh, that was reckless. Like, Jesus, he brought yeah. up one when uh, I, me, him, and Josh went to a party. Oh, God. It was of uh, one of our coworkers' friends. We went to one of her coworkers' friends' houses, and um, was this Best I, Buy, yeah, yeah, Best Who, Buy coworker, who's the, who's the coworker? Um, uh, initials A.M. in my department. Okay, okay, went to one of her friends' houses. Never met her friends before, right? And I showed up already loaded. Okay. Already loaded. And I'm making friends with everyone. That's what and you then, do. You mangle. And, and then I don't remember anything else. But I know I woke up the next day, and there's an empty empty case of desekis on my floor uh-huh. with a bottle of unopened barbecue sauce inside of it. <laughs> and apparently... Uh, I just, I said some, or Josh, Josh apparently said something like, Dan, don't you need barbecue sauce? I said, yeah. And I just went into their fridge and took it (laughs) and left with it. So, all right, before we get started with our reviews, um, you know, guys, it's uh, football season's over, but Mm -hmm. XFL season's going on. That's crazy. Um, The Oscars were this past weekend. You got baseball season coming up in a couple weeks. It's NBA season, NHL season, big boxing match coming up. And if you guys like making money and you like betting on events, there's only one place you should do that, Taylor. Where's you know, that? And that's BetDSI. And why should you choose BetDSI? That's because BetDSI has been paying winners for over 20 years. BetDSI is the top-rated on betting review sites, and they give you the opportunity to use your sports sports knowledge to make some extra cash. BetDSI is an extremely user-friendly interface and mobile site. BetDSI has the fastest payouts in the industry. It's simple, guys. You play, you win, and you get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. Bet on MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, UFC, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, eSports, virtually everything. Try live betting at BetDSI where you can bet on games from start to finish. Every play and every minute until the end. New members get a 100% bonus match on their first deposit by using promo code YWIL. That's more than double your money to start winning immediately. Taylor and I play there ourselves, and we recommend BetDSI to add some extra excitement to the sports you love or any other sports or events you're following. Once again, go to BetDSI.com, and when you sign up, use promo code YWIL and get this limited-time 100% bonus offer and a free $25 wager to test the waters. Don't miss out and go make some extra cash this betting season and make those deposits cuz that 100% bonus match is the best deal you're going to get out there. And
2: guys, make sure you get the free $25. Free 25 bucks, make sure you make that deposit. It's the most important that's the part. Big, of that's it. the biggest thing. And guys, it's only a game until you bet it at Bet DSI. That is big facts. Uh speaking of um, I actually put a solid 250 down on Mr. Tyson Fury. Ooh, did you? Yes, I think I, he's I'm. Lose. I'm fairly confident that he's going to win decision this time. I think
1: Deontay's going to knock him out this time. Really, ninth round? Yeah, I'm, I don't think so. St- I think uh, stop I think...
2: calling your shot in the round. Stop doing that. Why? Because I'm right usually. <laughs> yeah, stop doing that. <laughs> all right. So, was uh, so are you thinking about advertising? All you people out there, that's a great question. You should definitely call Lobo Sound. Do you also need a website? Silly. Yes, you absolutely do, and you should totally call Lobo Sound. Lobo Sound's world renowned commercial production and website construction in English, Spanish, and Polish made Lobo Sound a fixture in the Chicago radio and advertising digital communities. But Lobo Sound isn't just limited to Chicago. You went a lot longer than me. Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, <laughs> Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Montecino, California. Wherever you are, LoboSound has your back. LoboSound helps you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach where you want to reach, uh, when you want, on all devices and applications. For more information, call LoboSound at 630-244-9704. That's 630-244-9704. Or visit www.lobosound.com. That's www.lobosound.com. And mention you watch, I listen, get a 10% discount. Again, 630 244 so I need to tell you a funny story about our homies at. Loba Please Sound. do. So uh, Vince called me. I think it was Monday. Okay. And I just I didn't answer. I was working, so I texted yeah. him. I go, "What's up, dude?" And he now he's done yeah, he this. Call,
1: he only calls he calls me when I'm working or on the weekends when I'm like
2: out and about and I can't pick up. <laughs> he does this. He's done this a couple times already. So I texted the guy. I texted him. I go, "Dude, what's up?" I can't really talk right now. He goes. uh... Oh, I meant to call it Taylor's Pizza in, in down, down Chicago. <laughs> he's done that a couple times. And I go, dude, oh, really? Yo, order me a chicken parm, please. And how are their Is wings? he
1: FedExing you the, the chicken parm? I really hope so.
2: Yeah. But no, he's done that. It's I think it's easily the fifth or sixth time he's done that. He's got
1: to put, he should put in Taylor's Pizza as Taylor Micah <laughs> and you as Taylor's Pizza. Because then maybe he won't screw it up. He, yeah, he does mix it up a lot. But it's just, it's just a silly little fun. That funny is funny. Thing. All right, do you want me to go first? Uh, yeah, you okay. go first. So you gave me Andrew WK's. You're it's actually not you are not alone, it's you're, you're not alone. You're you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. We should actually message him and mm. tell him that we want him to do well, you're S- not alone. Well,
2: well, this is actually really cool because I actually found the tweet when this album came out how much I loved it, and, and he actually responded. Yeah, I remember when that happened that too. That was wild. So my knowledge and he me. my knowledge
1: of Andrew WK is limited to party hard and she is beautiful. And obviously the party party thing. And, and,
2: and we want fun from yeah, Jackass we, yeah, One.
1: Yeah, stuff like that. Um and I remember when his first album came out, it was the bloody nose on the covers, broken Get broken wet. nose. I get wet, and I remember um, being like a Walmart or a Target, looking at the album, and like eight of the songs had the word "party" in it. So I'm like, this guy's a jerk off. <laughs> Every song's party. Yeah. I'm like, how are you, D. Snyder? Like, what oh. is this? So I went to this album, and I would say probably with low expectations because I just I had this um, label on him, and I won't say that he exceeded my expectations, but. The expectations were altered, maybe. You were, you were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, because it, I would this al, his style of music, or at least on this album, is 1,000% arena rock. Yeah. It, it's nothing more, it's nothing less. I wouldn't call it metal, I wouldn't call it rock, it's arena rock. And I actually ended up enjoying this album. It was a really easy listen. Um, the spoken word stuff was a really cool breakdown into it, and it fit the theme of the album. And the whole theme of the album is just about positivity living your best life, doing your thing, Um, self-reflection as well, I felt a lot, you can find in the messages, Um, and it it just, it flowed really, really well, so I can't say I necessarily love the album, but I did really, really enjoy it, Cool. Um, so starting, the the first thing on there, it's called The Power of Partying, and it's just like a a sound loop, where (laughs) some drums come, like, party, Party, dude!
2: Party. It's such a, it's a so killer I wrote, intro. I
1: wrote "What the fuck, party, party!" drums,
2: dude! It's such an awesome <laughs> intro. So then the next song it.
1: is "Music Is Worth Living For." Good, I gave it a three. I thought the lyrics were good on it. It made sense, especially for people like where they feel like they don't have anything else. And a lot of people, for them, when you're even if like you have things going on in your life, but you hit a funk, music can be such an outlet, as we all know. And that's what that's saying. Like, you know, if you can't figure out your things, there's always a song out there that you can relate whatever you're going through to mm-hmm. um, ever again. I thought it was good three. My favorite song on the album was the next one. I don't know anything. That's a five. Yeah. That's a fucking great, great song. The feeling of being alive. That was um, uh, just so, spoke, spoken word. word so yeah. I didn't grade that, but it's, cause it's only like a minute long. Uh, party mindset three. The party never dies three. I basically I have all threes and a couple more fours. Um, from let's see, keep you keep on going in your darkest moments was a three. The devil's on your side I really like that was a four. Break the curse was a three. Total freedom a four. Beyond oblivion was an instrumental. Confusion and clarity was another spoken word one. And you are not, you are not alone was a four. Um, You know, I, I really was surprised by this album, and I appreciate the fact that he doesn't let studios tell him that he should change his sound to sell more records or change his message or his ideas. He's stuck to his guns since day one, and I find that incredibly admirable. You can tell he genuinely enjoys and above all else believes what he's writing and recording. Um. So I actually added this whole album to my playlist Sick. because this is like I, the best way I would describe this album. I was thought about not grading the songs individually because I'm like, this is an album I'd throw on like a barbecue because yeah, it's like great like music where you kind of like sit there and just be like bop your head to. The music isn't overly impressive. There's no wild guitar solos, drum fills, nothing like that. It's very basic, but it works. And yeah. he doesn't have like this otherworldly voice, but his voice works for the music.
2: Yeah, and it's changed dramatically because from his earlier work till right now, he had more of much more of a guttural scream. Correct. Yeah, in I've his heard earlier that. Earlier work. Now he's actually developed as a lyricist and also as a singer. I, I was um, going to say his
1: voice did sound different and better. Yeah, and again Lyrically, better. I thought it was a very strong album lyrically. So the,
2: the thing is with this is that while well, Andrew WK had a very long layoff in between albums, I think it was like six years. Okay. In in that during that layoff, he became uh, a prominent, uh, positive, uh, motivational speaker. Okay. Like and Mark Merrow. Exactly. Well, yeah. I don't know about, No, Mark Merrow's a, a motivational speaker. Or like uh, David Goggins. Yeah, yeah, kind of correct. Thing. And, uh, you know, he really honed his, gra- his craft as far as speaking and enunciating and, you know, developing the English language and finding like the, the, way the way to make words, flow words flow as well. Correct. So, uh, I believe that's really shown a lot because he, you know, he's, again, he stuck to his roots here because there's nothing really special that pops out to you, but it's just, the it's,
1: foundation it's, of what got him here is still there. It's
2: Andrew W. K. Yeah. And, uh, I love, I love the positivity. Um, Again, this is an album I re- highly recommend for people that just you know just need a like, kick in the ass. Dude,
1: I was really, really surprised at how much I like this. Yeah, it um, was fun. It and was the, and not the, what I was expecting at all.
2: And the stuff with the spoken word, thank like is he like he he had to be self aware while doing it because if he has a two and a half minute spoken oh, it's word segment in there, one is when it, it's pretentious, and two it derails the he'll, entire. He'll album. be sounding
1: like the lead singer of Senses Fail at a show. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk about no, that. But, but uh, that's
1: but that's where you can trek into because even with him and senses fail, his message always starts out fine for the first minute, and then it becomes so self indulgent and self righteous. It, it, it's
2: he he starts going and it's and it's good, it's good, it's good, and then he just he just starts rambling. He
1: well, he's a narcissist. He's a total narcissist, and Andrew WK. The thing that I will say, like, my biggest takeaway from this album is that he just wants people to feel as alive about being alive as he does. Yeah, like that, and
2: and that's and I like that he wants to spread that to other people because yeah, not everyone I, has that same No, I,
1: I appreciate that. Like, in the, oh, the opening song, the music is worth living for. When you look at the lyrics to it, you're like, I, I get what he's trying to say. Like, there's been plenty of times when I'm in a funk or I have things going on. There's certain songs I go to that just... They make me, they almost like validate my feelings. And yeah. sometimes I think that's what people need, especially if they're alone, whatever. Music can validate what you're feeling because especially if you're alone, you don't have any kind of validation to what you're feeling.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I use it like w- with my job. You know, my job, can get, it can get very lonely, not yeah. too much. I work with a lot sure. of guys that are like 30, 40 years my, my elder. Yeah, So uh, I, I, I get I get bad anxiety from time to time. So yeah. like if I, if I don't have time to like, Part of it's my almost French. like if I don't have time to take some medicine, what I do is I I, I play a record, and yeah, this is usually my it, go-to. It,
1: exactly, and that's kind of just like it, it's an instant relief, like an escape, and it kind of just reminds you that like, okay, I feel this right now, and I felt it before, and all those times I felt it before, I came through it. Yeah, and um, so I'm going to give this album a four out of five. I like um, it. That's... it. It's again, it's nothing that I thought. I, I went in with like my expectations somewhere else, and I came out like the first time I listened to it, I was like. Mm. I think I no, I was like, I think I like that. Yeah. So then I had to listen to it a few more times. It was a good driving album as well. I yeah, enjoyed driving listening to it. It didn't make me want to rage. It didn't make me want to do anything else. I just genuinely enjoyed it. So four out of five for Andrew WK's "You Are Not Alone." I'm going to tag him in this and let him know to Please. listen to it around the twenty minute mark. Um, but I, I really did enjoy this. And, uh, a very pleasant surprise. Yeah,
2: and Andrew, if you happen to be listening, if you really do listen, call into the show. We would love. To we talk would to love
1: you. to chat Honestly. with Andrew WK. And I will. I'm for the first to admit. I'll say it now. I eat my words and anything I ever said or thought about him. I'd love to see him live now. I
2: would, lo- dude. One of the best live. Shows I, that's what you've you told me. I've actually heard that a from whole lot of people. Shit,
1: I know people don't even like his music, but they love him live.
2: He just he has because that infectious energy he puts on the record is even better live. I, well, you could feel and, that, too. Well,
1: that's arena rock in general. Yeah. Like I, I've always told you I don't like AC/DC, but I realize how great they are live. Like,
2: so I, I like at the pure
1: arena, like pure rock. Did, yeah. yeah,
2: well, at the height of Andrew WK, like. I, I felt bad because, like, well, I don't I don't feel bad because, like, the show would go on so long and he would just give it his all that. By the end of the set, when he get to Party Hard, he couldn't sing it yeah, properly. Yeah. But that's, to me, what made it so much cooler it, because he put everything he had yeah, he into gave, every performance. Well, I,
1: I agree. Like, I don't think I'd be bothered by that because, like, you know, that he, all his blood, sweat, tears, and energy went into everything leading up to that, to the song that made you find out who Andrew W. I did like Party Hard when it came out. I was about was She is Beautiful was cool, too. But yeah. I was like, I, I mean, really, he was. in in theory a one hit wonder I never knew
2: girls existed like you in theory he he
1: was a one hit wonder because everyone just remembers Party Hard very few remember
2: it, it, but that's fine man it's the same thing I Get Wet is a fantastic record I'm sure
1: it is but I I really enjoyed this so 4 out of 5 cool alright
2: so we'll we'll go right into the movie that you gave me which was Good Time starring Bobby Pats yep Robert Pattinson uh, and one of the uh, Benny Safty Safty brothers directed
1: directed and written by the Safty brothers who just recently had a major success with uncut gems.
2: Yes. So holy shit balls! All right. So this movie came out 2007. Oh, 2017. Excuse me. I think and it was made
1: 2017, but it came out in 2018. I think is what it was. It Something ha- like that. It had
2: a lot. When I started doing some research on it, it had a lot of buzz because it, it was scored big at like the big festivals. Yeah, Con- yeah. Because
1: it was an independent film. A24, right. baby.
2: Yeah, that's that's like one of the beginnings. Yeah. Um, this now knowing where uh, what time this this album this movie came out. This is when everything started to change for Robert Pattinson. Yeah, for sure. It's a breakthrough performance. Um, Oh, he's
1: fucking amazing in it. He's
2: really good in it. So I took a shitload of notes, and what I like to do is I like to read the notes. Sure, please. And then we'll
1: we'll discuss it from there.
2: (laughs) So uh, it's very scattered, but... It's, well, 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 it's it's the
1: same thing as Uncut Gems. It's this manic, breakneck pace where you're kind of supposed to like whatever the way they make the, their movies, from the score to the editing to the way they film it, is you're supposed to kind of feel the element that the character is. So in.
2: I saw a lot of similarities because uh, there one particular part in Uncut Gems where like the the dude the dude's knocking on the door, he's crying, like, the doctor's
1: calling the on the phone, calling, the guy's going through his sage, shit's yeah. going
2: nuts. Uh, there was a very similar sequence in this movie. But let me just go. So the movie kicks off with Bobby Pats uh, robbing a bank with his uh, autistic. Well, yeah, it's after you meet it.
1: Developmentally disabled, I think. I don't know if he's actually autistic, well, it's, but it's some it's, type of. It's,
2: it, it was never actually. Yeah, said. it's just
1: clear that because he's with the social worker in the first scene, yeah, and right. his brother's very defensive and protective of him. That's established instantly. So
2: then, uh, the uh, the brother gets caught and he goes to Rikers. Uh,
1: you he immediately... ran through the plate glass door. Dude,
2: no. <laughs> I laughed you, you... so hard. <laughs> you immediately feel bad for the brother as uh, as he was more than likely talked into the robbery by yeah. his, by his piece of well, shit brother. Even when they
1: when the cops picked him up and mm. he just told his brother, "Let me talk. Don't do anything." And he got. Scared and ran off yeah, before right. he ran through the play class exactly. window. Yeah.
2: Um to his credit, Connie, who was Robert Pattinson's character uh, stops at nothing to get his brother out of jail but you don't root for him at any point during the entire Correct. movie yeah, no, he's you such don't. a cocksucker
1: you're rooting for his brother you want his brother to get out of that situation but I don't think you're necessarily rooting for him
2: no and then followed by Connie is just a scumbag mm-hmm. um, a crazy series of events transpires that leads to his eventual capture at the end of the movie um, the, so right now uh, so he's running around he's doing his thing he's trying to find out where his brother is and he gets word or he hands up at some hospital I totally he ca- forget he how call,
1: he calls up to find out um, he's trying to get his brother bail out, yeah. He's at the bail bondsman place. and He's, he's got the he, bills all marked. Yeah, with the... well, it was when he brought his girlfriend, Jennifer Jason Lane. She was trying to run her credit card, and the guy was on there, and he was like, your brother's not in Rikers. He's in Emerson Hospital. And that's when he's like, my brother's in the hospital. Didn't know why. Oh, and
2: then the credit card got declined. Yeah, correct. And yeah. she's
1: screaming on the phone. And she's so crying
2: he, and shit. He breaks
1: out the wrong guy.
2: Kidnaps the wrong dude in the hospital, thinking it's his brother, <laughs> but nothing tells you that it's his brother other than there, that other than there, that there's a cop posted outside the room.
1: Yeah, he just assumed, and his face was all busted up. So how could he even tell by looking at him? right?
2: So I think right before that, I think you see his. I think you see the brother in Rikers get the shit. Yeah, out he gets the
1: shit kick out of him. So
2: it's it, it it's a good little like you know to, well, bait like, and um, switch.
1: Like yeah, bait and switch is the right phrase for it. It's yeah. the
2: perfect bait and switch because like the entire time you thought it was his brother exactly. So uh, you're like,
1: what are they going to do now? They're both going to go to Mexico.
2: So now, so now he takes this guy who he thinks is his brother to like this halfway house kind of thing, and he's hiding and he's no, trying they to hide got,
1: out. They, they they got on the bus. He transported him on the bus, lied oh. about it, and then he went to the the woman that was on the bus. Her house who was like, "We're locked out of our house. Can we stay here?" And then uh, Robert pa- Connie's trying to hustle his way out of there. Makes out with the sixteen year old daughter because his face pops up on the news screen. I
2: was gonna say, so yeah, he, uh, tried hooking up. Hey, with Connie's a, a good hustler. Yeah, uh, legit hard to watch when his brother gets jumped in jail. Uh, dude who thought he was his dude who he thought was his brother it turns out to be a convicted felon out on parole yeah they yeah, <laughs>
1: like when they explained how he ended up there dude, what the he fuck, jumped man. out of the cab because he was tripping balls
2: yeah he's like uh what do I do I'm not going back like, to jail." He's, jumps in the,
1: out. he's in the room with his two friends who are making a batch of acid while he's just plowing some girl yeah it's and they're, they're like talking will to you him guys,
2: will you guys shut up and let me do my thing <laughs> yeah. like fucked uh, up.
1: He, I thought like the one of the scenes had it was like a slight thing when that guy was talking he's like and this shows this happens to people that get out of jail all the time they drop him off in front of a liquor store. Like what did you think was gonna happen? I was gonna get fucked up. That's exactly what he yeah. did. Um so then he tries uh <laughs> they end up in the amusement park with yeah. uh, the I'm the captain now.
2: <laughs> yes yeah, so, yeah which blew my mind and that was him so he's trying to get money to post post his brother's bond. He tries selling stolen acid, which, which leads to his eventual arrest. He jumped the security guard at the amusement park where the drugs are hidden. He breaks into a, the set that a security dude's apartment while they beat the shit out of the security dude and they fucking drug him with acid. So the cops come looking for him. They're like, what the fuck's he going on? He switches the security out. He puts outfit. the security yeah. shit on. He's the like, I don't know. The girl gets taken
1: away by the cops. The girl gets
2: taken away. And that that was some weird shit when it's like, I think this is my purpose and I think you're part of my purpose. Like, I, like I, we all know someone like that. Where Where they think
1: everything is happening for a reason. Like, you're meant to be here with me.
2: Also, like, where everything they're doing is justified, even though it's horrible.
1: That's a a sociopath. That's a
2: legit sociopath. Uh, Dude who was out on parole tries to climb a window. Well, uh, no, he tries like, to
1: climb out the window because he, so Robert Pattinson he he's trying to escape um, with uh, the the, with drug, the drugs drugs he's going to sell them himself in just, just a sprite and bottle the the guy tries to, the guy that he picked up by accident that he kidnapped tries fighting him dog attacks the guy yep. he leaves someone calls the cops Robert Pattinson gets arrested the cops try coming in to get the other guy he tries climbing out the window falls yo he fell Dude,
2: he fell like fifteen fucking stories <laughs> yeah um and then you cut the Connie in the back of the cop car because everyone watched this shit happen yeah there's shit going on they throw him in the back of the cop car, and he's thinking about what he did. Now you really don't know what happened, but the events after because it cuts and then you see his brother talking. Well, to they, social they worker. say the
1: one thing that they they say to him, your brother did the right thing. Well, th- so so was, his character ended was, up having redemption. I would
2: say so. Uh, you're led to believe that he gives himself up on a plea deal that gets his brother off in an assisted living facility.
1: Well, I think what he most likely said was that um, you I know into it. There's something wrong. I think. With him. Well, no. I think. Yeah. He said like obviously something wrong with him, and I need help with this, and I forced him into doing it. Yeah. And I don't know if it was like he was. I it didn't seem like he was living there because his grandmother was with him his yeah, brother right. so i think it was probably like one of these like conditions of parole yeah. that you have to go to this and then i thought the ending scene was really nice how they showed like how easily it, his brother was right that it was easy to talk him into it because he got in that group and then suddenly he was acclimating to it instantly Immedi- yeah it took him like two or three times and then but- he was like he was very nervous at first and then he was fine and yeah. uh, i felt really bad for him cuz even like when they they do the bank robbery and the, the thing blows up in his face and he's like my face is burning they made they made his brother uh, Nicholas I believe his Nick, name yeah. was he obviously being developmentally disabled was a very sympathetic character and you could kind of tell right away his brother was talking him into this his brother broke Connie broke him out of the social worker session in the first scene was acting like that guy had nothing nothing good for him Yeah, because right. you'd have to think at that point Connie had no other friends he completely alienated everyone else because of his behavior he clearly picked a mentally ill girlfriend who was about to charge $10,000 to her mother's credit card for him yeah. and starts having a fr- fucking emotional breakdown so in a bail bond place
2: out. you feel bad because he's manipulated everyone Correct. around you can him just to try tell, to get what he but
1: wants. Pattinson was so good in the role; he was excellent. And so. while I can't say I wasn't not rooting for him. I was rooting for him to get his brother out. I was like, his brother shouldn't be there because he doesn't understand what's going on in prison.
2: I wasn't rooting for him at all. Again, the same thing. I was rooting for his brother, but I like how you really don't see him all that much. Correct. Outside of him getting the shit kicked out of him, him getting accidentally mazed, Well, a, they um, kind of leave him hanging
1: after you realize that he broke out the wrong person. Yeah, exactly. which is pretty crazy.
2: So then, I then I wrote movie ends. What the fuck did I just watch? Eight out
1: of ten. Yeah, it's 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 an the score is awesome. Very it's a very good. similar score to Uncut Gems. Yeah, it's a very very manic movie, but in the world of that kind of genre, from drug heist breakout movie, right. as good as one that's come out in the last decade.
2: So for uh for a movie that's uh relatively about just under two hours, an hour forty five, hour forty five. Yeah, um, it's paced phenomenally because there's not any point in time where like you're left hanging on something. Yeah, correct. Maybe. And this is me just nitpicking, going over the fine tooth comb. Maybe when he's in uh he's in the black lady's house and he's uh-huh. hooking up with the chick or whatever. Dying his hair. Dying his hair and shit. Like maybe that dragged oh so slightly, but other than that, I mean, once, one, from the bank robbery to the end of the movie, it doesn't fucking stop. Yeah, no, stop. and I think that's so much
1: to show how good these guys are, Safdie brothers, with their editing. I think and, they're, be, they're and, like
2: the next Cohen brothers to me, man. They're far, I mean, obviously but not like funny. Of
1: course, they're not as quirky as that, but, but right. when it comes to a specific um, feel to a movie.
2: I'm saying like they just have it on lock. Yeah. They, they, they just have the finger on the pulse yeah, of what Yeah, and what I,
1: if you read about them, they said that their movies so far have been based on like the, f- the things they've seen and heard about living in New York City growing up in a Jewish family in New York City and they capture like the grittiness of their stories I think incredibly from good time to uncut gems it's a very raw feeling in all of them yeah and they got they get really good performances out of actors too and um, this was uh, it was actually Groha that told me to watch this movie the first time he was on our show um, on like episode three of you watch I listen yeah and so a little over a year ago and I was like Robert Pattinson and I was like Twilight and I i him like this kid can fucking act yeah he's fucking great he's quickly become I see, think he's going to be a great Batman. See, you know
2: what's funny is that I saw Lighthouse before this, and like just seeing that this was before that, so you could see the match. Like, yeah, like, he's the kids got fucking well, chops. I man. like
1: that he's like picked he. He specifically the way he tried to shed his label as this, you know, from Edward, this, bro. I mean, he could have retired and made been set for the rest of his life off that franchise. It's well, a I, massive so, franchise. So
2: I think, as far as from a, from a career perspective, a lot of people would consider that career suicide because he's typecast as Edward, sure. no matter what, from the t- Twilight series. I mean, like, but, look
1: at Daniel Radcliffe; he still hasn't. Shed that label. It's hard. Rupert well, Grant, Emma he, Watson has done it because she's fucking cute.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, Daniel Radcliffe is in like this new movie coming out that, yeah, that looks relatively. He's done cool. some
1: other things. He's done well on Broadway, well, yeah, but he's the, always going to be Harry Potter. Yeah.
2: Th- there's there's a movie coming out where like he's got like hands. I, 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 it looks I, weird. I, I but, know. Um, <laughs> but the the one thing with this is that I think and Pattinson is really smart. Maybe credit his agent or whoever or the the people he has around him. He clearly has good people in his ear giving him great advice. Because you know as a young up and coming actor to take a role like that could have been career suicide sure. and now he's he, like you said he could live off those royalties the rest yeah. of his life no problem whatsoever but now he's actually being artistic. Yeah, he's, and he's, he's taking risks big, above all else. Big like, risk, you and they're paying this, off
1: big. And, and taking this, the Lighthouse was a huge risk when you think about the way that movie was the made. Lighthouse is huge when, risk. It's only two people. It's black and white. It's in a fucking four three aspect well, especially ratio. Especially
2: if you think about it, that the, his co star is like someone one Will, of the Willem greatest DeFoe? actors
1: of his generation of William DeFault. Yeah, yeah, you have to be like, as strong as him. And now he's you know he's going back into another major franchise in Batman in an iconic role that. Can make or break people in a lot of cases.
2: He needs to be gritty because, like, it's going to come down in the direction. Well, obviously, obviously. well, you got to see what. Obviously, it, 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 for me, it comes down to the writers. If the writers butcher it, and there's I only like so this much writer, it's a
1: guy that did the recent Planet of the Apes trilogy. He did two and I'm three. In, and I'm he in. He did then. two and three. Those are my two favorite ones. I, I agree. And I think that um, he he's going to end up being a very good Batman, and I think he I think he can actually. The toughest thing I feel like that is I think Christian Bale was the best Batman, but I think um, Michael Keaton yeah. was the best Bruce Wayne because like the scene in the one with with Jack yeah. Nicholson when he when he goes, "You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts." The tor- turmoil between having to be Batman and be Bruce Wayne at the same time. I think that's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. And also, a lot does depend on the writing because if it's going to be more of a Batman movie or more of the inner struggle. We don't need another origin story. We know what happened to his parents. Yep. Ben Affleck was a fine Batman. He was a good Batman, in fact. But the balance is so important. But he also never had an individual Batman movie.
2: Nah, he was always playing second. F- it was always like uh, an ensemble It was Batman cast. and. Batman and. It was an ensemble Correct. cast every single time. Correct. Um, But yeah, like I said, this is Nate at 10. Uh, Pattinson really has those chops, man. He's, uh, I'm, I, I'm
1: very impressed. Alright, so before we do our reviews for this week. We got to give a shout out to our drunken chubby friends over at the hashtag Shots for Likes podcast. Guess what, Bros and Broads, Fudge and Finns hashtag Shots for Likes podcast has brought video into the mix. Podcast. Not only can you continue to listen on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher, you can now watch them stream their episodes every Saturday night after 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Your favorite booze and semen consuming podcast will be discussing sports, video games, and embarrassing drunken stories, streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. Go to these websites <laughs> and enjoy the assholery from the hashtag Shots for Likes podcast, twitch.tv slash shots for likes podcast, mixer.com slash shots for likes. Or visit ShotsForLikesPodcast.com and click on the YouTube icon up top to watch on YouTube. Drink with us. And as always, don't don't be consistent. They certainly do, Mike. All right. Let's do the picks for this week. Um, You want me to go first? Yes. All right. So I actually asked you earlier this week if you had seen this movie. And I was a little surprised you didn't because this movie is really up your alley. Um, It came out in 1996. Written and directed by Tom Hanks, actually. And he's in the movie. Okay. Um, The movie's called That Thing You Do. So the premise of this movie it, it takes place in 1964 and it's about a band that ends up becoming a massive one-hit wonder. Okay. okay? It's like They're, semi-sonic. Kind of. Yeah, but it's in the Beatles era of music. Right, 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 so they right, write right. this song um that's called that the song is called That Thing You Do. They they all live in a small town in Erie, they live in Erie Pennsylvania in a small town. Um the drummer is the main character really. He comes into being the drummer by mistake. they their drummer for this band broke his arm and they had a talent show coming up. Um, and Liv Tyler's in it as well. There'll be okay. a lot of people you recognize in it, and they end up becoming this like massive sensation. Tom Hanks becomes their producer on their record label that gets them out there and everything. The music in it is great. I actually love the song, That Thing You Do. Okay. W- per- written and performed by Fountains of Wayne. No shit. Um, it, This movie okay. is really cool. There's a lot of similarities to things that happen with the Beatles. The band name is The Wonders, but they spell it... Uh, o N E D E R S. Okay. And people call them the O'Neaters oh, yeah. by mistake. Kind of like the Beatles misspelled the Beatles. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love this movie when it came out and I was young. I remember my dad renting it on VHS and watching it. Jesus. Um, now there's two editions of it. I would get the standard edition rather than the extended because the extended is one that you watch after. Cause there's more character stuff going on. Okay. Um, but if you could only get the extended, that's fine too. Uh, I think you're going to love this movie because it really showed what was going on with bands at the bo- at the height of the Beatles era when all these bands were coming around that people wanted to be like them. Okey-dokey. Um and it shows the the rise, the fall, the comeback, the the relationships in a band. Okay. Um I really think you're going to like this movie. All right. And I'm I am surprised that you missed it. Um it might be just one of those ones that slipped through the cracks. It was one of the first movies that Shirley Starron was in, which really? is why she credits Tom Hanks as being like the biggest thing to her career. Okay. Um this was when Liv Tyler I thought was still like fucking gorgeous. Now she looks too much like her dad. Um, (laughs) Although maybe her dad, have you seen him recently? He looks too much like Liv. Yeah, he might look too much like Liv. But um, yeah, my pick for you this week is That Thing You Do. All right, cool. I am excited for you to see this one because I feel like you're really going to like it.
2: I can't, like, to be honest with you, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, but it's
1: about music. It's about the music industry and touring and, like, getting on the late night shows and shit. And then when you're done, go on Wikipedia and read about it, the similarities to the Beatles, and you'll be like, oh, shit.
2: Okay, all right, I'm in. Um, so the album I'm going to give you this week is by a, ba- a relatively new band that uh, Greg actually recommended okay. to me earlier this week. The band is called Spanish Love Songs, and the album is called Brave Faces Everyone. Hello, Josh. Hey, Josh. Yeah, it's called Brave Faces Everyone.
1: Spanish Love Songs, and, and the, it's called what?
2: Brave Faces Everyone.
1: Brave Faces Everyone. So just in case
2: you want to see what that—that's what that looks like. Okay. In case you know what to look for.
1: Got it. Um, what uh, what genre of music is this?
2: So. I don't know if you've ever listened to modern baseball before. Yes, I have. It's a so this band is a crossover between modern baseball and the Wonder Years. Okay, it is so fucking interesting, and it's like again they're a relatively new band. Their first album came out two thousand eighteen. So pop punk on. Uh, softer than that. Softer than that. Okay. Um. So I it's I can't even soft rock. I really don't know with pop punk influences. Christian contemporary. Definitely not that. <laughs> uh, you know it's definitely not faith plus okay. one. You know okay. what I mean? So, uh, but it's 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 a really good record. I couldn't believe it. Cause, when did this album come out? Uh, this year actually. Okay. Maybe a couple weeks. Well, twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. Oh, it's really? Okay. Yeah. So because Greg literally te- this year, Greg texted me earlier this week and he goes, he just sends a screenshot of the song and he goes, listen to this album with a period at the end. So I said, okay, dickhead, do you be? Like tell me what to do And
1: then you did it You're like I'm And I did a couple did it. days
2: later And I was like Yo that shit's fire So it's that good It's fucking awesome what, How many albums do they have This is only their second album okay. The first one came out 2018 Did you listen to the first one as well Uh yes Is it good too I liked it I like this one
1: better Okay um, So it's like they're, they're growing up stage This so he, is like their teenage album Yeah
2: So here's what's funny about this Is when I looked it up They're actually playing With the Wonder Years At Webster Hall On February 22nd oh. I wanna go I wanna go oh. I can't Cause oh. it's Tyson Fury The oh, Wilder yeah, can't go to no, I can't. I know,
1: and I really want to see the Wonder Years. I knew. Too. Oh, Listen,
2: their Wonder Years aren't going anywhere. We'll see Silverstein too. in a few weeks. So <laughs> I'm cool with that. I, know, I know how many shows did I have to pay Josh for and
1: this then, week? Then Josh, All Fennett, of them. then Josh found out he was going to Notfest. Fest. Yeah, Are, yeah, dude. That's you fucking didn't even great. agree to it. You just, I
3: just literally said, yeah, I'd go to that. Five minutes later, screenshot. Oh, got him. Right, that I got was like it. when
1: Spooner, yeah, he, uh, he was like, oh, Jay Z's playing Prudential. I was like, oh, cool. Next day, text me. I got us our tickets. I'm like, to what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I guess I'm going to see Jay
2: Z. You know, th- that happened with my buddy Eric. My buddy Eric texted me. He goes, because uh, my buddy Tommy was getting married the day before. He goes, you you want to go see uh, you want to go see Childish Gambino at MSG? I go, mm, maybe. And he goes, don't worry, we're going. I go the very next day is Tommy. Like I I'm in the wedding party. I have a very <laughs> and you busy. Went, did you go
1: anyway? Hell yeah. All right. So and that what, was what crazy. What was the album pick again? So the al-
2: the album pick was called uh the band is called the band the the band, band, the band is called Spanish Love Songs. And like I said, it's so new. I bear. I don't even know the name of the record anymore. Felt like Just, I was
3: back in Georgia for a second again. I'll tell you what that band is. All right, so Josh, smoking that Marlboro Red that you're cigarettes. Here, we went through all our stuff. So, uh, how was your week? My week was awesome, dude. I went to I went to Savannah, Georgia. I Time out. A, Wait, Spanish right,
2: love songs. Brave faces everyone. Brave
1: faces everyone. Okay. So That's, you went to Savannah, Georgia. Went down to Savannah, trade Georgia. A uh,
3: little trade show. Uh, you know, in the industry that I work in.
1: How long of a drive was it for you?
3: It was was uh, <laughs> nine <laughs> hour. No, 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 twelve. Twelve. Yeah. I was gonna
1: say, yeah, I get. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, jo- uh, North Carolina is like a nine hour drive, yeah. but to
3: Savannah. You could be in um, Virginia But it must be nice
1: when you get out of the car finally. And it's
3: seventy degrees. Seventy, 70 oh my degrees. God, dude, it was great. Uh,
1: with humidity, probably feels more like seventy eight or so. Yeah. Because there's still a decent amount of humidity this if, time when, of year. But when
2: you're in Savannah, you're like right on the water. Yeah. yeah. So it's fucking gorgeous. I I was in Savannah during they had a, they have their own Fleet Week down mm-hmm. there, and I was down there. They had a fucking they had a Coming down the river, and they had all these different um, armed forces showing off weapons and like recruiters and shit. It's one of the what's one of the most prettiest cities. Yeah, no, Savannah is gorgeous. gorgeous. Did you get?
1: Did you come away with anything cool? Did you buy anything? Did you get anything? Uh, Where did you go? That was cool as as shit. Yeah, why don't you
2: tell us the highlights of Savannah? Where did you go? That was cool as shit in Savannah. What do you mean? You went to some place in Savannah that everyone knows.
3: Uh, No, I didn't go anywhere. South of the border. That's not in Savannah. That's in fucking South Carolina. You went to the Forest Gump bench, yeah. stupid. No, no, Natalie did. You uh, said
1: you did. No, I didn't. no. He said he just said the Forest Gump bench is here, but yeah. Natalie went by yes. herself. Yeah. Wait. So were you at the? Trade I was there show? for.
3: I was there for work. I oh, and she there. just wanted
1: to dick around. Yeah. Did she enjoy dicking around by herself? Yeah. She Probably did. more than she would have if you dicked around with her. Exactly. <laughs> so it worked out. Did yeah. you eat any good food down there?
3: Most. What'd you eat? Um, that was, that you can't necessarily get here How much cornbread did you have? Oh, oh, that, nothing You
1: didn't get any cornbread? Wait, you had the food that you could get up here down there? <laughs> yeah, dude, like, I, had
3: a, I had a really good hot dog <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, okay, wait, wait, let's be fair Hot dogs are different everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but still, wait, so at all that time, would you get hot dogs, and you got probably like McDonald's or Burger King at some point? Well, no. So like, oh, I Wendy. Was, so, sorry.
0: Okay.
3: So <laughs> where I went, I was in the the trade show was in the Savannah Convention Center, which is right next to the hotel that they put us up in. Okay. And it's on a fucking island. Okay. So it's my island. <laughs> <laughs> so if I wanted to go, they fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> you just totally derailed your train of thought. Yeah. So if I wasn't so busy, I could have taken the ferry across gotcha. to the city and like done some stuff. But I was actually very busy. I was in yeah. and out of meetings. Uh, they had a... Uh, they had like a, a a dealer appreciation dinner. Gotcha. Where they did a oh, big so they raffle. pay for everything too, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah.
1: Now, did um, was it was uh, the wife coming with you? You already said her name, Natalie, coming with you because I we were talking about it before and I didn't say her name. Yeah. But you said it, so fuck
3: it now. Uh, yeah, no, no, she was. So this was like my way of uh, saying making it. up for California. Yeah.
1: Okay, so it was kind of like last second that she decided to come. Like, yeah. Within
3: the last like week or so. Which is why I drove, otherwise I would have flown.
1: Yeah, correct. And I mean, <laughs> it's really not that bad of a drive. Did you drive yourself the whole way? And did you take your car or her car?
3: My car. Okay. Uh, and yeah, for the most part, I mean, I drove pretty much the entire way down. She How drove many stops
1: about- did you have to take to shit? Not many, <laughs> but a couple. Maybe yeah,
3: one a or couple, two. A couple. That is a real. I I contemplated shitting in South of the Border, but I. You uh, should have shitted on South are, of the Border. <laughs>
2: the so are grimy,
3: dude.
1: It's actually it's gross. I've, I've done the drive to Florida and back twice, and making that drive south is awesome. Like yeah. it's a really beautiful, like kind of relaxing drive. Once you get feel
3: past. Uh, DC and like the the, the DC surrounding area in yeah. Virginia, it's nice. It's
1: yeah, gorgeous. driving through Virginia and like near DC fucking sucks. It's worse than driving garbage. through New York. It, no, the traffic in that fucking circle area. Mm-hmm. Is fucking brutal. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you
2: haven't you haven't lived until you sat through fucking Atlanta traffic. Is one of the Atlanta worst. traffic is terrible too. It's
1: Some Walking Dead shit. God,
2: yeah. <laughs> awful, dude. Holy shit.
1: So we went through our basic stuff so far. So why don't we just get into some of the fun stuff now? Um, I know you watched a good amount of the Oscars, or at least some of it, right?
3: Uh, yeah, most of it. Uh, we watched from. Uh, Best Supporting Actress. Okay. On. Okay. Well, how much did you watch? You turned
1: it on. You texted me, like, maybe, like, in the middle of the show. Yeah. You I,
2: it. I I basically watched, like, I saw Roger Deakins win. Yeah, yeah, I saw which is a cool. bunch of those, like... the uh, second
1: straight, because he won for Blade Runner 2049 last year. Yep, yep, yep. Um. It, okay, so... I um I had a few drinks that uh, to watch the Oscars because other than that it is fucking painful. I I made a bet with the landlord when the first awards were coming out. I was like, how long until someone says something about politics? And it had to be Brad Pitt to say it right away. I was like, Brad, come on!
2: But that was kind of funny, at least. Well, no, well, no
1: what he said was he goes, uh, I'm, I'm told I only have 45 seconds up here, which is 45 seconds more than Republicans gave John Bolton in the Senate this week. That's kind of that was kind of funny. Like, yeah, I just I was surprised it was that quick and it was him. But then he gushed over Leo because everyone loves Leo. I was really happy. I only got, I think, four of my guesses wrong, which is kind of sad too because I, like, I got best costume or best best makeup and hair right. And I'm like, all right. because it's bombshell. Of course, I was going to win. Best sound, uh, did you get
2: best sound editing?
1: Best sound editing, yeah. They didn't even win best mixing for Ford versus Ferrari. That yeah. went to 1917. But I figured right, they were so. going to win best sound editing. Um, I was very happy to be wrong on Best Director and Best Picture. It was the loudest pop I've ever heard at any award show is when they announced Parasite won Best Picture.
2: And then when they shut the lights off on them and you see Charlize in the front row. Tom Hicks, they're going to turn him up. Yeah, and uh, that, talking about that, that. as someone that absolutely deserved it, that movie absolutely does deserve it. It's one of the Com- few times I watched it where I was like, you know what, that's awesome. Yeah, it I was appreciated an that. It was,
1: and that guy was so happy too. He tied a record with Walt Disney. He won six
2: Oscars on Sunday. That's awesome. was um, that first time ever being nominated for anything. Right? Yeah, over here, so, yeah. I mean, so, he's a master in Korean cinema. Yeah, so before we even go even in farther, I, I learned a very interesting fact. Sure. It's about Harvey Weinstein and our boy Bong Joon-ho. Okay. So oh, yeah, one, yeah, I heard about this. So when Bong Joon-ho, by the way, didn't know he made Snowpiercer, and Snowpiercer yeah, is fucking awesome. Snowpiercer
1: fucking rules. It's awesome.
2: Is that... He, like, the way the movie was, the way the movie is now, how they theatrically released it, was his vision of the yeah, movie. Yeah, he
1: didn't want to change a thing about
2: it. Harvey wanted to sit there and just take a scissor to it, just cut it up his yep. way. And because Bung uh, Jun Ho would not submit to Harvey's advances, unlike most people, would. um. He, th- Harvey did not push that move at all. I implore everyone and their mother. Dude, you, you want
1: to know another story about that with Harvey Please. Weinstein? Okay, so I just heard this the other day. I thought that's where you we were going with it. So he he won the battle with Harvey Weinstein about not changing anything. Yes, because he. <laughs> He told um, Harvey Weinstein, I, I might be mixing it up here a little bit, that his father was a fisherman. And that's why it was so important that the f- character in Snowpiercer was on a boat and was a fisherman. Yeah. And because, uh, Harvey Weinstein said, family's the most important thing, so you can keep it. And Bong Joon-ho said, my father wasn't a fucking fisherman. <laughs> that's <laughs> so awesome. I'm like, that's cool. See, Harvey Weinstein was... The Weinstein brothers in general are notorious for taking an artist's vision and changing it. Mm. One of the the most Weinstein fam- company, right? One of the most famous... Um, Cases of this was with maybe the greatest director in horror history, Wes Craven, made. Um, and they actually the guy that did the makeup in American Werewolf in London, I forget his name. Um, He's like he was, on, he was on Joe Rogan not that long yeah. ago. And he talked about this, but um, Rogan, uh, Wes Craven made of um a werewolf movie that featured one of it was one of Jesse Eisenberg's very first movies. It's called Cursed, and they had very practical effects, just like American Werewolf in London. That's why they brought him on. And then when the movie was done, Weinstein comes in and says, "Change it, CGI." CGI and changed they brought in a new character they had to do another month of shoots and it was fucking terrible there's apparently still a version of the original cut of it out there mm. where it's like one of those kisses Wes Craven's dead release the Craven cut please yeah. it's Wes fucking Craven he created fucking Nightmare on Elm Street Scream um, The Hills Have Eyes he's like if you have a Mount Rushmore horror he's one he's of the on first there. people you put on it it's him Hitchcock George Romero and John Carpenter I'd say maybe Tobe Hooper I, it, those are the guys but I, I mean, was going to say
2: Kubrick no well, well he different. only really had the one well, I was going to say no he's more like he's like, like drama. a Mount Rushmore
1: of movie drama directors movie. in general that's what I'm yeah but right. like that's why it's uh, a studio like A24 is so great because you can see in their films that they don't fuck with the director's vision won't no, all go. when you think about a movie like The Witch one of the strangest movies when it comes to dialogue and the premise of it, and the way so it goes. Good. Imagine if a, ho- a big Hollywood studio got involved in that, what they would do to it. We need an actual witch in there, and then fucking people are flying on broomsticks. You know, think about the lighthouse. Would a, a major Hollywood studio ever touch something like the lighthouse? Dude, no
2: fucking. No have you shot. seen it yet, Josh? Yeah. Oh, I, I oh
1: you did finally see it. You didn't we, tell we us. We talked
3: about it a couple of weeks ago. We? Neither of us recall. So I think you're wrong. Remember, I was talking about I was uncomfortable <laughs> by the oh, amount that's of right. beating I, off. I
1: was actually talking to it about Natalie when she was here a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember. You, see, you, you, the, talk, you mentioned beating lips. off, and it comes back to my mind. Yeah. The mermaid lips. Yeah, the mer- <laughs> Um, but now the, the Oscars were they, they, they same thing all the time. I was happy Joaquin won, then he gave that really bizarre speech. It was yeah. It, it was it was bizarre. Then it was cool. Then it was bizarre again. And then I liked the way he ended it with his shout out to River. But he's talking about. Uh, artificially inseminating cows,
2: it's like. But I, I give him a little bit more. It
1: of was a pass. better than
3: Renee Zellweger's. She just so self indulgent.
2: When I, when I tell, so she's like halfway through her speech, and like I'm sitting there, I'm literally
3: <laughs> like she's just naming things, and I'm like, I texted it to you guys. I'm like, yo, she's fucking doing. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, was. Yeah, I know that, that's why J. K. Blown away.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, that that was that was silly. I mean, she was pretty much a shoe in Um, yeah, there was no those two were not. But like
1: all the acting ones were locked up pretty much. Brad yeah. Pitt was. Wasn't losing. I mean, Dern wasn't losing. I
2: mean, for me, I was happy. Again, I'm I'm happy to see Joaquin finally he, get it. He deserved
1: it, but he at, deserved it long ago. But
2: at the same time, like just again, listening to him talk, like it's not even that he's. It's, it's like he he sounds like a guy that just doesn't feel like he's earned what he clearly has earned. Well, he
1: was raised by like two I, extreme well, hippies. Isn't,
2: well, I, well, I know that. Like he was, I, I, he didn't have the best childhood. Yeah, but you could see. I give you him know, a little bit more of a pass than the I, other actors because he's
1: actually crazy. No, he's like out he, of his mind. He's actually yeah. out of his mind. There's certain people when they go up there that like, if they act a certain way, I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, who cares? Now, did you see the night before the Oscars were the Independent Spirit Awards, which is all independent filmmaking? <laughs> Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler goes up there and he just ripped on the Oscars in character. He was being playful with yeah, it. of course. But then the, the Safty brothers one. And they went up there, accepted their speech, but they gave speeches at the same exact time, so each of them was talking oh, really? at once. It was really funny. Um, did any of you guys watch the XFL at all this weekend? I did not, I, actually. I didn't watch
3: any full game action, okay. but I did watch a lot so, of replays, and uh, I watched uh, maybe about five minutes of the uh, LA-Houston uh, game. Okay. So well,
2: I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know they was even on. I managed to get Quasi and Bob to both watch in the same day, because they haven't seen it, Ford versus Ferrari. And Jojo Rabbit. Yeah,
1: Bob texted me about Jojo Rabbit. And Quaz
2: loved both yeah. of them. What? I, I, I mean, Quaz loved Jojo
1: Rabbit. Yeah, dude, Jojo Rabbit was great. It's one of the funniest. No, both no, no, no. I'm
3: not saying that. It, what? No, but that Quaz, Quaz like Quaz liked it. Yeah, yeah I
1: know. Um, so <laughs> I watched the the first game on Saturday of the XFL and the second and the first game on Sunday. So I watched two full games.
2: People made a lot of money on XFL this Quality weekend. Quality
1: of football. Not so good.
2: Well, you would expect it that.
1: Expected that. Production wise, fantastic, which I'm not surprised really. I'm the, interested uh, in that kickoff rule, man. The kickoff rule is awesome. Based on what I've seen, this league might last. It's going to depend on the ratings. Like their first week of ratings was really good, but so was the AAF. They did a 3.3. The AAF's first week did a 2.9. So was AEW. Yeah, exactly. The first week of ratings are always good. It's going it, to, here's the thing once people get over like the shock of this production value, it's going to come down to the quality of the football. Yeah. And you know you see guys that were Cardale Jones. I thought he would be the best player on the field. He wasn't. Matt McGloin, I thought he played. He started seven NFL games. He wasn't the best player on the field. He was better than the other quarterbacks. But the things that they added to production that were really cool was the fact that you could. They actually miked up the coaches on the sideline, so you hear them calling plays. Pretty cool. Guy fumbles the ball, gets to the sideline, immediately being interviewed. Like you just fucked the game up. How do you feel? Yeah, like that's, that's kind of cool. That, that's a little crazy. But, to you got me. you got a player cursing on camera by accident within a second. You know, we're here to fucking play. Like, instantly, and they're censoring it out. Guy puking in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was awesome. He's lined up. The thing that was really cool was when they were doing replay review, and they actually have the communication between the ref and the replay booth mic'd up, and you can actually hear what they're talking about. Because other than that, we don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, we see it plain as day sometimes, and we don't know why it's taking fucking ten minutes to get the review done. Yep. But the kickoff rule, I really like, and I'm, I know the NFL is going to adopt that soon. They have it's, to.
2: It's very good. It's well, very smart. It
1: makes sense because... The, the amount of in, the plays that happen injuries the most are punts and kickoffs because it's just high speed collisions so two guy the two teams the kicking and receiving team line up five yards apart and they can't move until the re, um, the return guy catches, catches, the catches the ball and that's a great idea and if you don't kick it to, uh, within the 20 yard line the it's team they get no they get the if, if the kick doesn't make it to the 20 yard line or goes out of bounds that team gets the ball at your 45 yard line which I think is an awesome incentive to fucking kick it right when we have these rules to yeah. so enhance that there will actually be kick returns yeah. kick it in the field to play um, the extra point stuff 's a little weird, um, so one, po- one point for an extra point is just a regular offensive play from I think the two or three yard line okay. a two point extra point is an offensive play from the five yard line and a three point play is from the ten point yard, uh, the ten yard line so in theory it 's going to make the uh, possibility of comebacks even better and I could see the NFL adopting something like that beyond the two point conversion. Um I I cuz you know the the whole idea is to make the games competitive in the fourth quarter. How many games do you see in primetime that it's a fucking blowout in the fourth quarter? you turn, you turn it off. And then the in team the can quarter. can rally, you know, like let's say the a team's down 28-3 and then um <laughs> Sorry, we'll it's, it's,
2: but like, no, but I, I think, no, but like to his point, it's, it is very few and far between. There are very few times when you get fifty-one to seven in the second half. Yeah, when when you get a twenty, when you blow a twenty-three lead, I mean, let's say lead. it's a
1: forty-twenty or a 40 to 14 game in the fourth quarter. When you get blown
2: quarter. out forty-five to three in the fucking Super Bowl,
1: would you? Okay, but would you rather lose forty-five shot, 3 shot in the head than shot in
2: the leg? Yes,
1: I would rather lose forty-five three than what happened to Josh.
2: That was historic.
1: Yeah, because mine was just fucking. Because stupid. at least your your hopes were dashed very early on. With the safety. The, no. The kickoff returns, whatever. The kickoff, return, what the kickoff yeah. return. But the safety in the beginning kind of set the tone for the whole game. You know, looking back you, at it. You, it's different. You know, I, yeah. I looking, would say, I've said I would rather b- lose 40 to 3 every game than collapse you know, in the fourth quarter. You know,
2: looking at it in retrospect, I should have just fucking hit Colucci. I,
1: I mean, you chance. still can. Yeah. You still have the chance. What'd you, you say? I, I'm gonna
3: hit you so hard your nose is
1: gonna fall. Out. Yeah, dude. I remember the best. The
2: best part of that night was when Justin was eating the gummy bears. He goes, "These are diarrhea gummy bears." You know, the worst part is that after I said that to him, he immediately went like this on his nose. I felt like I, at the time I felt bad, and then like five minutes later I was over it, and then this dickhead. And we were yeah we were at your house so that, and then this dickhead steals my phone and just all these fucking oh he took up sh- his
1: whole storage space <laughs> fucking <laughs> asshole. It took like three thousand pictures in five Dude, minutes it was
2: so fucking bad man <laughs> but um, oh shit I,
1: I'm, I'm interested to see what happens to the XFL because I think beyond the ratings now that I
2: know it's on I'll watch well, I had no idea yeah, it was even on it's
1: two games Saturday two games Sunday that's it did
2: oh. you, so did you see that someone again it's silly but someone proposed like a like a uh, like a uh, Premier League like a yes. Premier League system where it's like <laughs> the worst the Worst team in the NFL will get demoted to the XFL. No, no, yeah. it's
1: the, the worst team in the NFL plays the XFL champion, and who, if the XFL team wins, they, they go, to, they go the to the NFL, and the NFL team goes to the XFL. <laughs> I'm like, I, I think the biggest problem that they're gonna have is keeping players happy because they're only making fifty five thousand dollars a year.
3: Yeah, that's gonna be I a problem. That that that. Could, yeah. You know what? That could that could change. Well, in if a year they could start two. allowing
1: sponsors, yeah. the thing the league needs if they want to have a real chance is they need a fucking star, Johnny Manziel. I agree with you. <laughs> they, like, no, they need but, Johnny Man. They, or Tim Tebow. If Tim Tebow said, like, let me give this one more shot. Listen, they, need, they need a name.
2: They need a guy that they can make the face of the XFL. Listen, man, Tebow's making top dollar at SEC network right now, honestly. Yeah, of course he there's
1: no reason he's still playing yeah, baseball. Well, Johnny
3: Manziel ain't doing shit. Yeah, he's
1: he's not. <laughs> he's living no. off his
3: parents' oil money. It's what, comeback season. But they <laughs> again <laughs> it's been they, they, they kicked really,
1: out of the CFL.
2: You're gone forever. Yeah, what do they do, dude?
1: Johnny Manziel. Oh um they, they need a star. They definitely need that guy that is just gonna be the face of the league, that is on all the highlight reels. Whether it's for his play or his personality, probably both is what you need. But that's where like the would up things can make a star out of nothing. Yeah, and you could the production value was really good. The commentary was really good. They had Greg Olson on the first game. Um, Pat McAfee was great on the sideline because Pat, Pat, Pat McAfee's awesome. He's so, so good. Um, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm, I, I but the play of football so it,
3: it is not good. I'm you happy think that, that they could get like a, a retired guy. The, out of retirement. The problem is... Like, like Marvin
2: Harrison? No, no,
3: well, no like no. an
2: Andrew Luck. No. You think
3: Oliver no, Luck is the president of the company? Him. I was thinking uh, something that, along yeah. the lines of like, uh, you know, I know he's a little bit older, but like somebody like a Carson Palmer. You I, know. I
1: think because he still works with the NFL so closely, like he runs training camps for quarterbacks coming out. That'd yeah. be tough. But I mean, you couldn't I mean, like, they tried to work out Chad Ochocinco as a kicker, yeah. which I wish he did it because that would have been great. Trent Dilfer
2: making a comeback.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I think, you know, people brought up the Andrew Luck thing since Oliver Luck is the commissioner of the league. But the problem is, while he's retired, if he decided to unretire, his rights are owned by the Colts. Yeah. And if he went to go play in another league, you could say it's not the NFL. It doesn't matter. It's still football. Uh, we're not giving it's, it's, up. It's, it's professional. Yeah, any sport really. If he said I'm going to play baseball now, they probably wouldn't let him unless they release him outright from his contract. And he's going
2: to yeah. have to. He's going to have to pay back that signing bonus. Yeah, indirectly. and you really think
1: he's going to go to the XFL for fifty five thousand dollars? <laughs> no. And they're trying to. I, I like that they give win bonuses to the players. I think that's a cool incentive. But I'm interested to see where it goes. They're they're handling it the right way. As long as they don't try going right after the NFL, which they're not doing right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's fine. And it's going to be interesting to see how they do when baseball's back and NBA playoffs pick up and the hockey... Or just kidding. No one watches hockey. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no one watches hockey and the playoffs are going to be fucking boring in NBA.
1: Of course. Uh, this year it might be a little different because uh, the Bucks are fucking sick this year. They only have eight losses so far this year. Yeah, they still lost it's, to the Raptors. They, they did, but they don't have Kawhi this year. The East is wide open. The West is definitely... I think uh, the West is definitely tighter. Ob- it always is.
2: Clippers, Lakers... Um, there's one of the team in there I can't think of right now. Uh, yeah, I, know. I, I know the Nuggets are... Yeah, uh, the right Trailblazers,
1: now. since they got Carmelo, are pretty damn good, actually. Yeah. Damian Lillard's been fucking killing it.
2: He's been a good player for a long time, though. Yeah, he's
1: underrated for a long time. Um, so I have to give a, my Perot's nose moment of the week. Okay. What movie didn't do too hot at the box office, guys? Just go ahead and say it. <laughs> Birds of Prey. All right. um, and they they're So bad that they changed the name of the movie. Already, it's yeah because it was called uh, what was it, Josh? Birds of prey or the Fantabulous and Emancipation of Harley Quinn? Yeah. Now it's just called Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. Harley yeah. Quinn and Birds
2: of Prey. Yeah, or something it, like that. it's. I think
1: you no, know, I think it's Harley Quinn's colon Birds of Prey is, yeah, what, it yep, is. Well, what it is. I
2: I will say just from reading about it, I mean, people do like it.
1: I know one of my friends that was like thought it was going to be a piece of shit saw it and said it was good. He said it was a lot better than he was expecting, and really? I believe that. Um, I I didn't think the trailers did any justice if it's good because the trailers didn't make it look good. Um, And it's just like... It, it was obvious to me why it was't going to do well, but I wasn't exp- I, th- I think I predicted like forty five million opening weekend did thirty three point one and a, on a, a the the production budget of it before cGI was eighty five million dollars with CGI is probably closer to one hundred and ten yeah with marketing probably close to one hundred and forty million dollars
2: and what did they bring in opening weekend thirty
1: three point one that's it's bad. on track to make less than a hundred million dollars domestically <sighs> and, and this is the other problem you think that they can make it back internationally mm. but one of the biggest markets for these kind of movies China is not really showing movies right now. Yeah. China. Um, I the fact that the movie's good and it's not good, not quote unquote good, and it's not doing well. That actually bums me out because a movie like Suicide Squad, not good, made a fuck ton of money.
2: Yeah, a fuck ton of money. Now this movie comes along is kind of okay. It's, it's to, I'm gonna
1: go with a friend that I thought that thought it was gonna be shit, and he said it was good. I'm gonna trust my friend Brand's judgment on this. Mm. Not his kind of movie at all. He actually said it was good.
2: Went to go see it.
1: Yeah, he went to go see it with his girl, and he and he that's not his kind of thing at all. He thought it was gonna be shit. He said it was good. Margot Robbie was great. Ewan McGregor was great. What's up?
3: Have you guys been following any news in the last 40 minutes? No.
2: Why? What's going on?
3: You would have thought it would have been Ghostbusters. Oh, Rick Moranis. Oh, okay. That
1: that was from a couple hours ago. I haven't even written down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Rick Moranis is coming out of retirement. It's funny because I was just oh, telling good, the landlord, "Honey,
2: I Shrunk the Kids" movie reboot. Yes, yeah, called, just so. called "Shrunk."
1: I love "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids." Yeah, Phil. me
2: too. Um, Even we, "Honey, I Blew Up the Kid" was really good. Yeah,
1: and then there was also I, "Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves."
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, it's not that I don't. No, I, I, just I don't. I never outside of Ghostbusters, I never gave a shit. I don't. Dude, care big about Dude, Green. big, dude. outside big, of him big, and Spaceballs, little,
1: little giants and Spaceballs, little giants. One yeah, of the great I, sports movies of our youth. One of the best sports bo- movies of our year. For youth. sure. Um, but yeah, behind you know, I,
3: I think Little Giants is better than the first Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I agree completely. Entirely. The Little yeah. Giants
1: is 100 times better. And I like the Mighty Ducks a lot. Little nothing, Giants, nothing, Devin Sawa's in it. Nothing's mm-hmm.
3: better than
2: the fucking Sandlot, though.
1: The Sandlot might be yeah. one of the top three yeah. sports movies Sandlot's ever.
2: Sandlot's great. Rookie of the year. Rookie
1: of the year. Fucking rules. A kid in ca- kid in King Arthur's court. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about uh, <laughs> What's the story that, you that movie? What about fucking MVP, most valuable primate? Oh, oh
1: god, Airbud, Air Buddies. <laughs> golden Retriever, Golden Receiver. <laughs> his Golden Receiver, <laughs> oh, Golden Receiver. Is that yeah. the one that Ralph fucking yeah, goes crazy about? And he yeah. laughs. Oh, no, no, time. Seventh Inning Fetch. Seventh, seventh Inning thing fetch. fetch.
0: That's um, stupid. But yeah.
1: now Rick, Mur- so Rick Moranis, I'm I'm really rooting for him because he stopped. His last movie was in. 1996. And it was actually a good movie called Big Bully with Tom Arnold. I actually like that one a lot. But he retired because his wife died suddenly. She, yeah. she got breast cancer and died like a month. And he said, "I my kids need me. I can't be away doing movies all the time. Mm-hmm. And he turned down the, um, the Ghostbusters reboot from a few years ago. He turned down this new Ghostbusters. I think this one just probably means more to him because yeah. Honey, and Shricked the Kids was a fucking huge movie. Mm-hmm. That was a big fucking... I still watch that if it's on TV. Like, I genuinely enjoy that. Yeah. Um, so it'll be cool to see if he tries to do a few more things out there. I know he was on the Goldbergs, just his voice. He lended it. They did a Spaceballs episode of the Goldbergs. Yeah. And he's Dark Helmet. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Dark Helmet. Um, so, did you, so we were just talking about China and how the movie industry is really hurting and the PlayStation and the Xboxes will probably end up being delayed because of this bullshit. So now it's up to, like... Okay. Twelve hundred people killed from coronavirus, right? Did you see this guy that tried going viral with his coronavirus? On a plane. On a plane, he was like, "I was just in Wuhan, and I'm feeling some symptoms." <laughs> and Asshole. then, then Dude, it, while the plane is flying, so yeah. they had to do an emergency turnaround, emergency landing. He, I saw an interview with him on the news, and
2: he's like, "You know, I'm an artist, are you? So yeah, so he's got he's got the John Lennon glasses, and he's like, "I'm an artist. I tried to make a viral video. Blah 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 blah." Now. To, does he Did sound, somebody
3: punch him in the fucking face? Sh- now, oh, dude, I
2: would have teabag him. Now, now to, to say he, my Wuhan. to say he, w- he was pretentious <laughs> is an understatement, but at the same time, again, just for saving face in the world that we're in, he literally just goes, you know, I know what I did. I know what I did was wrong. I hurt a lot of people, blah, blah, blah. I ruined everyone else's flight. Well, Doesn't matter. You still did it, dickhead. Yeah. Like you're like you're it's, still. Dude, an why asshole. is that a fu- why is that a why funny is that, that That's not dude, funny right now. It's okay. It's not it's fun- funny in maybe two months it's but funny, it's not a thing. It's anymore. funny if you
1: say it to a person in the bar joking around. Yeah, right. It's one of those things. It's like I fucked up once when the Ebola thing was happening and my <laughs> I think my grandmother was in the hospital and you walked in and they were like, have you been to um, wherever in Africa recently? I was like, well, not that recently. And then they actually had security come and talk to me. And thankfully, it was someone I knew working at Chilton. Yeah. They're like, he's an asshole. <laughs> but in that case, like, I saw the shit in China is still fucking crazy. They're welding people's doors shut to their apartment buildings. Yep. But apparently, from what I understand, I saw videos of people, uh, Chinese people getting dragged away by the government and everything. And you're like, what's going on? And someone translated it. Apparently, these people... They know they have the coronavirus and they're refusing to quarantine themselves. Fucking take them away then.
2: Yeah, well, take them. So, uh, Tim Dillon, the comedian, I mean, yeah. even though he's a comedian and he does a lot of crazy shit, he, he posted this video apparently of Wuhan, China. And it yep, is one of the. I saw it. It is one of the like. It is like straight from Contagion or like World War Z type shit. It is the weirdest, scariest thing. <laughs> it's just no one on the street, but you just hear people screaming.
1: Yeah, I'm still not too. I'm not really concerned about it at all. Um, I'm
2: not either, to be honest. I mean, I, I have like a shred of worry. Yeah, because I mean, like a, it's, it's a shred of, same same worry I had with so, Ebola and SARS and swine flu. So there was uh, there was, was a known. boat there was a boat that came in recently with yes, people from it, China. It was Bayonne. in Bayonne, which is maybe 25 30 minutes yeah. from where. I'm at, and uh, the guys where we get our oil from the tankers that come by, they go that way, and he's like, dude, there's so many trucks, there's so many, there's CDC set up there. Well, this is the thing he that goes, I, I they, heard they, about he that. He's like, they won't let them off the boat.
1: Uh, apparently, because of the, um, the amount of pollution in the air in Bayonne, that they think that it, because they still don't know, but they think the coronavirus is airborne, that it's going to kill whatever goes through. I don't know. I don't think any of them know. Um but there's that one, the, the boat that's off the coast of Japan. <clears throat> the cruise ship has like thirty five hundred people on it, and they're still not allowed off. There's four pe- four Americans on it, and like I f- I follow one of them on Twitter because he's live tweeting like what's going on. They just gave all of them free porn. <laughs> really? <laughs> I swear to God. Like they're like, what else are we gonna do? Like that's I would I would probably kill myself. <coughs> You're stuck on the boat for that long, and dude, they're not even allowed out of their rooms. They're all out of the rooms for one hour a day, but they can't come in within like four feet of another passenger.
2: Dude, they're, they're they're practically in jail.
1: Yeah, I mean, more or less, it's like. I, the fears on this are worse than what I actually think it is because, you know, the flu's killed 9,000 people in this country this year. <laughs> like, this has killed it's about 1,200 week, it's people. the second week of February. Yeah, exactly. The flu o- kills uh, annually about 12,000 people in America, I mm-hmm. believe. Uh, I, obviously, it's a concern because it's something that seems to be spreading quickly. But it, it seems like it's starting to calm down. But I also don't ever trust what the media is saying about these kind of things because they thrive on fear. They, well,
2: they're, they're also trying to shut it down, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's hopefully they're going to get it under
1: control. Um, but some of those videos in China are fucking crazy. They're, they're fucking, there's people being dragged away. Fuck China. I don't care if they hear this. Um, so okay. it, it, you watched uh, the fight on Saturday, the John I did. Jones I and Dominic did. Reyes fight. Um, great, very enter- great fight, very, great card,
2: very entertaining. I have a lot to say about that entire sure. card entirely. Well, um, but instead of just going right to the top, I'd rather just. Well, I mean, if I want to start with Jones and Dominic Reyes, yeah. one, I was so impressed with Dominic Reyes. Yeah, he was incredibly I mean, impressive. It's first, and for someone that hasn't been in those championship rounds, it went exactly as I expected. Yeah, he just gassed himself out.
1: Now he tried. Way too hard to finish John early, which he had to do, and the slowed down videos of John like he really didn't hit John in the face that much. John was slipping like crazy. Now,
2: now he was slipping hard, but th- to say he wasn't at least doing damage and pressing the pace, oh, he was pressing is, the pace is something, for sure. is something that definitely has to be, you know, has to be said. Um, I think, like I said, I think Dominic had the right idea go for broke in the first two rounds and yeah. then try to just. Do what, anything. Do, do what you can. Because even if you lose, you lose to the greatest of all sure, time. Sure. If you win, you're the champion. Yeah. You're not going to lose anything here. Yeah. That's the best that anyone's looked against Jones since, honestly, Gustafson. Since Gustafson and, or the first
1: Cormier fight. Right. Yeah.
2: And I, it's I, crazy.
1: The scorecards were
2: exactly the same as they were in this Gustafsson fight. Which the first is fucking long. disgusting. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I really want to applaud uh, Dominic Cruz and Joe Rogan yeah. um, for calling out the fucking guy. And it wasn't even, it wasn't a prelim fight, which was a crazy mm-hmm. fight. Martinez and Emil, yep. I think his name yep. was. And that was an absolute. Barn burner in a brawl yep. of a fight, and you literally hear John, uh, Joe on They're commentary. talking about the ref that wasn't, or the, he wasn't the, the even, judge that wasn't
1: even looking at the fight, he wasn't
2: even watching the fight, he was looking down. And I appreciate because Joe has, in my opinion, Joe has every right, yeah, to call the guy out by they, name, well and, he and, and he still didn't, and I appreciate Correct. that. Um, Joe has been probably the biggest proponent of, di- of changing the scoring system. I've because said it's to you for how long system, you it should be the pride.
1: the pride scoring system. Right. I want a 10-minute first round and a, a last round five minutes. Right. For me, five minutes in the first round, in any round really.
0: It's, it's a long it's not, time, it's, Well, man. no,
1: five minutes isn't enough to get especially grappling going because say you take, you, it takes you two minutes to take someone down, you have three minutes to get a submission or pass guard and mount and then ground yeah. and pound. The pride system to me was the best. And based on the pride system, John Jones would have won that fight. Oh, easy. Um, and I'm I not still, saying John I still, didn't win. I, I personally scored it for Jones, but I when they when they were reading the
2: scorecards, if they said Dominic Reyes, I wasn't going to be like, oh, no. Like, the third round could have went either way. Four and five went to John, one and two, Dominic. That third round, if you go over with a fine-tooth comb, John definitely won what's that cra-
1: round. I, I did go back and re-watch it, and I scored, it was the same thing as the Gustafson fight. The first time I watched it, I scored it for Jones, but I was like, I don't know. And the second time, I did definitively. Yeah. And this time, I I still scored the third, fourth, and fifth for John. And the second round was closer than I initially thought to. It was Fires, but it wasn't, I think when it, when you have a fighter like John Jones, and this was the case with um, Anderson Silva for a long time and George St. Pierre, and all these great fighters throughout history, is that when someone surprises you in a fight, the shock of it may slant your view of it. And I, because you're not expecting that. No one was expecting Dominic Reyes to push John to the point where he thought he could have won the fight on a on a scorecard. And I also like turning off the commentary when I rewatch a fight and I'm trying to score it because no matter who the commentators are, there's some type of slant because it's just them like oh oh and they they think on a missed punch you think it did more than it actually did. So I suggest going back watching it, mute it well, and watch it, and you'll I I, I definitively scored well, three four and five for well, John. Jones.
2: No, I mean I don't even have to watch it again. I had I. Had yeah. I have it 3 2 Jones. Yeah. No matter what. But the thing is, and listen, I understand that, you know, John Bones is going to defend himself. But, you know, he's been doing everything he's been tweeting recently. He's kind of been annoying.
1: Oh, no. He's doing that on purpose.
2: I know that. So the the one that I, because I don't like, I try to, I talk, I talk about fighters as if they're standing right behind me. Sure. So when he goes, uh, he tweets, Dominic uh, uh, outstruck me by literally 12 shots. I scored the takedowns, was the aggressor, controlled the octagon every round, had more significant strikes landed. Dom completely stopped fighting in the championship rounds and has the audacity to be mad at the judges. Okay, one
1: part of that is accurate.
2: Correct. And I completely agree. So all I said was this is all I said back. He's mad at the judges because you didn't win four rounds to one. It was um it was a close fight and a great fight nonetheless, but come on man, you know at minimum you lost at least two rounds. That being said, he didn't he didn't do enough he still didn't do not do you gotta, enough you to, to beat, beat, beat the champ. you.
1: You got to beat the champ. Both are true. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, so, but like I said, there, it was one of the most entertaining cards I've seen in a while. Yeah. Valentina Shevchenko was probably she, my favorite. She was awesome. I mean, that girl
1: had no business in there with her, but no, no one does right now. No She, one. she unfortunately is suffering from. Um, she's she's going to suffer mighty from. Mighty Mouse. Well, not even. I was going to say Ronda Rousey more so. The level of competition is just not there. But her skill set is incredible. She's a great striker. She's a great grappler. Her cardio is amazing. Her fight IQ is awesome. Off the charts, and that's one thing that people don't realize with John Jones as well is that his fight IQ is second to none. It's he knew exactly what he was doing. I think he was expecting him, uh, Reyes, to fade a little earlier. I still don't understand why he's not wrestling and clinching more, especially early. Um, but I will say that I think Dominic Reyes is only gonna get better from here and I think John Jones is gonna stay the same guy he he can't take the same type of steroids obviously he's being tested more than anyone else and he's older I mean but the thing that he is going for him is that incredible fight IQ which is might be the best I've ever seen and he doesn't really get punched in the face his chin is great well, was, and he hasn't taken a ton of shots. I was gonna
2: say he, he took an uppercut flush to the jaw and he
1: doesn't flinch mm-hmm. he, he doesn't you, I mean he doesn't stumble his legs don't buckle or anything
2: and f- and, and with all due respect. He's in the back half of his career. Yeah. Like realistically, and to still take shots like that. Because he never really got hit. No, he's, you know what I mean. He's he's been, he always
1: dominated people. He, he got hit a bunch by Gustafson. He never got. I've never seen him rocked. Dude, I'll still never forget when before he was champion when he was making his come up and they're putting him against challengers. He fought Brandon Vera, who was still this fringe heavyweight, light heavyweight contender, and he got on top of Brandon Vera and Vera's guard, and Vera hit him with one of the cleanest up kicks to the jaw on a grounded opponent I've ever seen. Like Jones is on his knees, kneeling over him, and he hits him with an up kick. Quick, Clean across his jaw, and John just looks at the ref like, "What the fuck?" Doesn't flinch. I've seen that same kick knock out more uh, men. Gegard Mousasi knocked out Jacare mm-hmm. in, I believe, Dream with the same kind of up kick. Really? Um, before Jacare was in the in force or the UFC or anything. And John John's chin is legendary. It's one of the best chins I've ever seen. Rampage probably still have J- Rampage and Mark Hunt have the two best chins I've ever seen, probably, in Cabbage Correa. But John Jones's chin, he's never been rocked. It's it's kind of crazy. But it was a really good card. Um, again, if they score, if they'd said Reyes won, I wouldn't have been like pissed off, and I would have said immediate rematch. Uh, I'm, I'd be fine with an immediate rematch here. I don't think it's necessary.
2: Uh, I th- I think it was close enough that that you can that there's a legit yeah, argument I, I to think have one absolutely because like, an argument. Because, well okay absolutely. so here's my here's my question because I'm not as um, I, I don't know the light heavyweight uh, division mm-hmm. nearly as well. If there is someone else to challenge sure. for the belt, who is it? I mean, J- Jan
1: Blackowitz and Corey Anderson are fighting this weekend, and they're they're probably in the same level of contendership that cool. Dominic Reyes was to this point. But what I'm
2: saying is, okay, so take a new, so take any one of those guys. This guy wins. This guy wins. Sure. You put him in the ring. Uh, you put him in the Octagon with John. Same thing happens.
1: Yeah, it's probably going to be the same kind of fight. Right. John John's uh, style of fighting reminds me right now so much of what George Saint Pierre was on the back half of his career when he started fighting safer and people started calling him boring because he wasn't taking chances anymore and I said that to you during the fight I was like John's doing this like karate point fighting thing where yeah. he's keeping his distance he finds his range he adjusts incredibly throughout a fight and um he fights not to lose. It specifically happened to George after he'd got knocked out by Sarah, he wasn't taking as many risks. When he fought when George St. Pierre fought Dan Hardy at the Prudential Center, he had Dan Hardy in one of the deepest Kamoras I ever saw. Dan Hardy didn't tap out to his credit, had him in the deep arm bar, didn't tap out. And George just said, I don't want to br- I didn't want to break his arm. And I'm like, that killer instinct's not the same. But he was such a smart fighter and so cerebral and had so much ability that he had no reason to take a chance on getting knocked out or taken down and submitted. Like people were like, Why didn't he knock out jake shields he's like he didn't want to get caught in a scramble and get t- put on his back by one of the all-time great grapplers in mixed martial arts and jake shields why did he just box with josh koshek instead of taking him down what koshek's a great wrestler what if he catches me in a scramble and takes me down like,
2: again also with all due respect though why do you want to strike look what happened when he fights johnny Hendricks. yeah exactly you know and, I mean? and, he, like, and he
1: struck with johnny Hendricks for the most part mm-hmm. and he took down josh Koscheck the first time they fought it, I, I
2: lost the bet on that one too. yeah you
1: there. did that's right um, so it'll be interesting to see what's next for him. Um, I I do think that we will see him lose within the next year or two. I, I think that a it, loss
2: is a loss is imminent in my in my. I, in my I opinion. don't.
1: It depends on who it is. I don't know. I don't know if imminent the right word, and I don't know. It, it's really going to depend on someone that. Because while Dom did really well. He didn't ever put him in danger. I need to see him. Like, Gustafson had him in more danger. Like, Gustafson took John Jones down. Yeah. Like, he had him in genuine danger at points. Stuffed every takedown. He wasn't necessarily rocked, but he was startled. Like, that one uh, shot, and I'll actually show you the video right now. In the second round, when um, he stormed uh, John Jones, and this is slowed down. Oh, let me find it bones jones say, so
2: before and then the next thing too I want to say the it was a bunch of great heavyweight fights oh uh, yeah Tafta yeah after knocking out that motherfucker okay so watch so this hard. so
1: this was the, the 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 thing in the second round where everyone's like Dom, watch okay. how many times he actually hits him."
2: No, I, I yeah, I watched this video.
1: He like he doesn't hit him once. He slipped. I'm actually like impressed with John Jones's head movement here. He's just slipping and the hand fighting. He's batting everything off. Like it's aggressiveness, so you should get points for that. But I need to see him in the in the woods again before I'm saying it's imminent. But you can tell he's slowed down; he's not the same guy right now. And but that could be by design because I don't see the same aggressiveness. Where's the clinching and grappling in his last three fights?
2: I mean, it took him to, like maybe halfway through the third round. Yeah, before to he go t- for a takedown. Yeah, double leg. exactly. So,
1: um, okay. Next thing we talked, we texted about this last week. But I'm super pumped that uh, Sam Raimi is going to be directing Doctor Strange two. Yeah,
2: they had mentioned when they had initially announced it that they wanted to go more of a Horror route with Dr. Yeah, Strange. Yeah, well, too. They, they've been saying
1: that for a while.
2: And I mean, it, you have the makings of it because you have all, all those different realms and all those different dimensions where you could really do some wild the shit. The multiverse, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What's it
1: called? Doctor Strange in the multiverse? The multiverse like, of madness. The multiverse of madness. And Sam Raimi already has been in the Marvel universe, not the official MCU, but he directed the first, the original Spider-Man trilogy, and the first two are great. The campiness of them is beautiful, and you probably need to make this campy, especially because it's going to be a a Marvel horror movie, quote-unquote. Yeah. But he's got to get Bruce Campbell in it too right Bruce Campbell has to have a cameo at oh least my God. right? Yeah, for sure you, you need to have Bruce Bruce Campbell's in all his fucking movies this
2: is my boomstick Dude,
1: he's in he's in all three Spider-Man movies like in and plays th- somebody different in all of them so all it's... of them yeah he was the announcer in the first one in yeah. the second one he was the the mater d' when he wanted to propose mm-hmm. and the third one he was no the third one he was the mater D I think uh whichever. He was something in each one of them. Yeah. Um and he uh, only thing he's done recently, which if you haven't watched it on Netflix, Ash vs. Evil Dead is fucking awesome. It's fucking hilarious. So um Juicy Smolet. You hear about Juicy Smollett? Jesse Smolet? He
2: just got indicted. He got
1: indicted by a grand jury officially for his huh. uh, stage hate crime.
2: Good. Yeah. I, isn't his sister in Birds of Prey? Oh uh, yes, she is actually yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's pre- hot too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Facts.
1: And so is he. All right. (laughs) Good. I'm glad everyone was on board with that. Way to make it weird. All right. So we have a few things to talk about on one subject, and that revolves in the world of baseball. Um, But first and foremost, did you see the rule changes that they announced today for the season? So
2: all I saw was the tweet garbage in all caps, and then there was a lot of writing. And I said, yep, not reading that. I'll hear about it later.
1: The, bit, the one that I'm bothered by the most, there's one I like. I like the, um, the two-way player for a guy like Otani that he is allowed to that's pitch fair. and then bat in a game or vice versa. I think that's smart, uh, but there's certain rules they have to do it. But the one that I really don't like is that every pitcher has to face a minimum of three batters relievers. So like now if you bring in let's say the Mets brought in Potensis just to face one guy, they can't do that anymore. He has to what? face he has to face three battles. Come batters. on, yeah. dude. So so that means like the left handed specialist is dead now. What like, the
3: fuck, dude? Like you're talking about over a hundred years of strategy. Yeah,
1: exactly. And now it's that you you bring in a guy. So like if we have a, a big lefty bat that's coming up um and we have our left-handed specialist that we want him to just get him out he can't he he's going to get lit up by righties you could do that with a 3-run lead but with a 1-run lead and a home run ties it that makes it much he's it's, So let's say he gets the lefty out and then he walks the next two. Then he can come out of the game because so, he's faced three
2: batters. So here's my question. These rules going to affect this year? This year, yeah. That, you can, how do you do that in the second day of spring training? How do you, like, why do you wait till the beginning of spring training to drop a big-time fucking rule like that? Yeah, you would well, think this they would so announce, they can
1: test it out during spring training. You
2: would think they would announce something like that in the winter meetings. Because or announce they, it for 2021. Because now anyone who said they're going to have a great bullpen, the Mets included... That's fucking out the window now. now
1: there, there is an argument. I'll play devil's advocate a little bit that it'll stop certain managers from overmanaging. That that's a possibility too. Because well, that's fair. Yeah, that, that's fair. But I don't like the idea of handcuffing managers to rules like that. And you're only allowed to take the batter the pitcher out um, if it's like an injury thing. But the other team can. It's up to the um, the umpire's discretion that if the injury's real. Because you know, at some point within the first month, some team's going to say, "I don't think that guy's actually hurt." like you know like well, now,
2: especially now with this Astro shit coming out every now everyone, and that's where I'm
1: going to go into now, next
2: everyone's on edge and everyone's cheating always now so now no matter what the slightest little thing could be a legitimate yeah. like a bicep strain and they like, say, I think he's full of shit you so, know what I'm saying so like, the, fir-
1: the first thing um, we'll go into that next um, is on Friday uh, AJ Hinch did an interview with Tom Verducci on the MLB network which I thought was a really really cool interview I, I appreciated that Hinch got in front of the camera
2: I appreciate that but he didn't fucking say anything well
1: because I think think at this point he doesn't really have to because it's also it should be on the players that are left he lost his job he got suspended not only did he lose his job he can't get another job for a full year he can't scout he can't do anything i don't think he would get another job even if he came back right now. i would hope some team does because i i think that if you do your punishment you should be let back in and that goes for everyone not named pete rose um, I, I think that he, he should, I think that he, he didn't really give anything, but he kind of did when he wouldn't talk about the buzzer thing at all. He, I, I don't think he has any responsibility to say anything now because he's not in that clubhouse where it happened anymore. It's on the players. It's on the coaches. But, um, I thought a couple things there were, were pretty interesting in the interview. I thought he, he seemed remorseful. Of course he does. He lost his job. Um, I think that uh, he also looked kind of foolish when he said that he, he he, but he owned up to it. I appreciate that he owned up to the fact that he should have done more than just smash up the screens once and said something. Um, but th- there's certain aspects here where I come out of it, and especially as more and more news has come out, is that. Rob Manfred has replaced Roger Goodell as the most incompetent commissioner of the major sports leagues. I agree. And the fact that they, it, it's now known that since 2016, that 10 to 12 different teams sent complaints to Major League Baseball about what the Astros were doing. And they're acting like it's the first time they heard about it. Which also makes the report they released even worse because it's not transparent at all. And the, you know there was a story that the story came out last week on Friday. I think about Beltron and his involvement in it. To me, it looks like all right. We can't blame any of the current players because we have some stars in this team. Who can we scapegoat and have, have to, and sweep this under the rug? And. I will admit that Beltron's uh, involvement in it—that's in there—is a terrible look, and it would have been terrible for the Mets if he was still their manager. So and this came out on Friday. I,
2: I thought it because when I read everything, I thought the same thing. I said, "You know what? I, I understand. I get it now." And to be honest with you, I would have been—it it, would have been better if and they would have just went with Rojas from the jump. Yeah, and but I—they would have it. had to fire him now, like the, right when
1: pitchers and catchers reports. So, but <coughs> again, my issue isn't with the fact that they fired him anymore; it's the fact that why was he named and no one else? Why well, was well, he the, the only at, player that was on that? Teams. Can I say sure?
2: So, because at the time when the report came out, he wasn't an actual player. Yeah, and he wasn't an, an, protected by the union. And anonymity is a thing with the players' union, so none of the players. Because you know very well, Jose Altuve and Bregman were at the and Correa were big parts of that. There's sure, no, and I'm sure there was even more of them. I mean,
1: the pitchers have come out now. You've had Dallas Keuchel come out and say something. You had Marwin um, Gonzalez come out and apologize because he was on that team. There's been multiple active players you, that have come out and said something. You know that you
2: know what I love, and I think you should love it too because, like, Garrett. You know what it is. Garrett Cole saw this coming from a mile away. Kind of like when Pete when Pete Carroll jumped ship from USC. Yeah, yeah. And he saw it coming and he goes, "Later, I'm yeah. out of here." Hey, here's but, the
1: crazy thing though. I still think the Astros are going to be really good this year. They are going to be They're going to be a good team again. So,
2: uh Cody Clevenger, I believe he's the pitcher for the Indians. Yes. He was he's very he was very good friends with he still is good friends with Trevor Bauer. And um he was uh he did some like mini interview where he was talking about it. And from a player's perspective, I totally understand what he was saying. So, essentially what he said was like that mother, like these motherfuckers, are taking money off of my plate. There's millions of dollars at stake. There's millions There's millions of dollars in contracts. There's there's different. There's life change, life altering money at stake. And these motherfuckers are cheating. They're taking money. They're taking
3: food yeah, off no, my plate. Right.
2: Well, and I think to, to me, taking away the World Series no. title. Stupid. I don't think it's stupid at this... Now, now that I'm hearing it from players, at the time, yes, I agree with you. Taking it away from players because... What player is accountable now? I I don't like
1: rewriting. I think it's... But what happened, and the fact that the league enabled it, the league taking it away is passing the blame off themselves. No, I... I, Put an asterisk next to it. I... The, that's, the Barry
2: Bonds thing I'm fine with that But I don't like Taking away championships That's what I'm saying But what but what I'm saying Is these players Should be held accountable if it's this, I agree if, if it's this egregious The cheating Yeah I agree completely You know what I'm saying and Like listen Take away the players union From that From out of it What they did Could be considered a felony Yeah of course You yeah, know what I'm saying They
1: stole It absolutely could be I mean there's the guy That was a Blue Jays pitcher He only had the small stint In Major League Baseball He got uh, gave up four runs In like two innings To the Astros uh, Got released And he's suing them now And he's suing Major League Baseball for the fact that they didn't do anything about this. So this may actually create make a bunch of the actual facts come out. And Manfred is looking like a big-time asshole now because he wanted to protect the team that was beloved. The Astros were like a nationally loved team they when were. this happened. They, they had these stars that people like this underdog Rocky story and Jose oh, El- Altuve. Altuve. You had a redemption story the last couple of years with uh, Justin Verlander. You had these pitchers go over there like Garrett Cole and Colin McHugh. And um, I'm forgetting the name of the other one that came from the Pirates. It's on the Rays now. But these guys, they were rebuilding. Pitchers. And that's part of the other reason why I'm like iffy on any kind of championship thing is because we're, we're, the, the cheating thing had nothing to do with the fact that they've had the best pitching in baseball the last three years. It's you know what I mean. No, like, I, I understand course, that. But, but
2: what I'm I mean like then ha- but, like but that inflates that inflates sure. Bregman's numbers. Yeah, it inflates to everyone's numbers. You know what but I'm saying.
1: My, my other issue with that too, and this is why I'm very much against keeping the steroid guys out of baseball is that I think every team is doing this on some level, and I think that's what Major League Baseball is very afraid of coming out. That's why they wanted to scapegoat Carlos Beltran because they needed a scapegoat. Someone say it was this guy when I think the entire team and league, all the teams and leagues are doing it in some way. I mean, the fact that the The original thing that came out this past week about um, they had this all started with Project Codebreaker about finding the signs and how to relay them before the video thing came in. The fact that that was done at a front office, high-level executive level, level from the analytic department. Every major league baseball team has an analytical department, and analytics are all about finding edges. You don't think other teams have something similar in some different way? Someone posted a picture today of Todd Frazier from his time with the Yankees after he hit a walk-off home run, and his sleeve rolls up, and he's wearing an Apple Watch there's going to be stuff that comes out about other teams and people are not going to be happy because I think every team is going to be implicated. They need to wipe the slate clean here. They need to come out and just say what happened and how deep it goes rather than just try to pass it off as if one team was doing it, just like when they're trying to pass off that one guy was doing
2: steroids and it's not the entire league. You know, it, it's it's bad. It's a bad look for just across the entire league, but the, the thing that sucks the most is that the biggest thing that made the biggest hurdle that Major League Baseball faces is attendance and new fans. Yeah, sure. Because even back Teams they have bad attendance, but like seventeen thousand. Yeah, yeah. At a ballpark is really, really bad. Yeah. Well, if Um, you're the Rays, getting fucking seven thousand is good. Right. (laughs) But what I'm but what I'm saying is, is that you know, like the biggest hurdle they face is trying to create new fans and bring shit in. Yeah, correct. And right now, what's happening is, one, not one for for most idiots, it's a slow game, and you have to know the nuances of the game to really understand it. It took me years to finally Mm -hmm. understand it. And there's still probably stuff you're learning regularly. I still like I've been watching baseball my whole fucking life
1: religiously, and there's still little things I pick up on That I
2: maybe not it's, didn't realize. It's before. amazing how much the game has changed in ten years. When I stopped watching, to when I started again, yeah. and uh, and this whole thing is not good for Major League no, Baseball. It's because like they want new fans. With something like this, they're like, why would I watch? Like, why would I watch something yeah, where everyone's cheating?
1: I think you know. Well, I mean, to be fair, they didn't. I mean, it, I'm, 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 start... I'm
2: talking about our demographics. So that's this ha- is that's how this we'll is what I think it.
1: about. So when they were discovered that when they quote unquote discovered um, that. Steroids are rampant in baseball. Um, they randomly drug tested, not randomly. They they anonymously drug tested. I think it was like 200 players to see just how many, what percentage of players were doing it. I think 81 percent of them tested positive for PEDs. If you put all 32 teams under lie detectors and said, "Do you have some type of sign stealing device or apparatus that is not allowed by the league?" I think it'd be something like ninety-five percent of the teams. There might be one team that's not doing it. It's probably the Marlins, um, <laughs> but I, I think that's that's a the thing. They, you know, they're the league is not being transparent about what happened how it happened, how many players were involved, because I do think that it's that might be part of all the inflated offensive numbers, the home run numbers too, beyond the baseball. If you know when an off-speed pitch is coming, you know to uppercut it and fly it out. If you know it's going to be a fastball down and away, you know to poke it the other way. So, there's so many moving parts to this that the league has completely enabled. I think all the Astros' punishment should be rescinded. I think Rob Manfred should have to step down. I think that they should have to say that this is how it's going to go now, there should be a a standards and practices person from the league for every team that watches them in the dugout to see what they're doing, that only reports to the league office, but to hold one team accountable, when this system was not just fucking came out of nowhere someone was like, oh, maybe I'll do that especially when we know other teams got caught with Apple Watches there's sign stealing accusations to teams every single year, and to think that with today's technology, there's not some cocksucker in the bleachers that's fucking with his iPhone, figuring out signs and then sending it, are we fucking stupid? Are we just playing stupid?
2: I think, it's, I think it's Major League Baseball playing stupid because yeah. I'm not saying to the severity of like the concussion shit with the NFL, but where the NFL tried to sweep everything under sure. the rug, it seems very similar no, they're to, absolutely that, to what's, to under what's the happening rug. here. And that's why I think you they,
1: they time things like these rule changes, and they also timed last week, somehow when this Washington Post report came out about what the league knew for so long, um, about their playoff changes they want to do, which is some of the it's, dumbest shit I've ever heard. It's,
2: it's the fact that I even heard that reality TV may be implicated. And no, listen, Right. <laughs> I don't know about any other athlete or any other person, but any person who's a competitive, wh- who's competitive, right? If you have the ability to pick your opponent, Ugh. you're gonna. What's gonna happen is
1: so you're, you're gonna
3: pick the easy run, match. have to by the way.
1: You have to leave. Yeah. Oh, do you really? All right, bye. bye. Why do you bye, have to leave? You're in trouble. No, no. You just, just wanted to come by for a little. Oh, you were at your parents, so yeah. you were in town. Okay, bye, Josh. Um,
3: well, no, I actually running there now. I came up with some excuse for why I couldn't show up on time. Okay, so they're not listening. <laughs> oh, so you didn't even
2: do that first. Yeah, no. All right, bye, Josh. That's awesome. We'll talk
1: to you, buddy, later. Yeah, All right, so the proposed system. That you're talking about don't on, blow out another tire. Yeah, or, or two. Sure. Um, So the proposed system they were talking about, beyond the reality TV thing, where the top, div- the, uh, he div- fucking div- sucks. Div- huh? But he sure does. Uh, the one and two seeds will get to pick their opponents, which is fucking stupid. That is dumb. It's stupid. But I, I'm not really in favor of adding more wild card teams either. Listen to this. Under okay. the, under this proposed system they uh-huh. had two wild card teams in 2014 279 win teams would make it, get a postseason spot that's
2: that that, that 2015
1: 283 teams win make the postseason 2016 a 79 win team makes the postseason 2017 380 win teams tie for the postseason 2018 382 win teams tie for the postseason 2019 an 84 win team makes the postseason no no how long are we extending the playoffs now? It, I'm not even in favor of making the wild card play-in game a three best of three. I like the one-game play That's nice. It, it puts has validity to it. It puts incentive on winning the division. Because if you, if you play in that wild card, you have to pitch your best pitcher who you won't have for game one in the NL or ALDS. Yep. So to add into this whole idea of reality TV, now I don't think this will actually happen. I think the league was trying to create chatter away from this. Of course. But to then think that creating the idea that the team with the number one seed gets to pick their opponent—it's that's that's so asinine. That might that would turn me away from watching baseball because that completely uh, like now there's again a devil's advocate argument here. Seventy nine win team makes the playoffs, wins their wild card round, goes on to the World Series, plays a hundred win team and wins. It's a major major underdog story. But at the same time, to play devil's advocate to my devil's advocate, that makes the season look shallow and hollow and the game's meaningless then. Yeah, facts. So it's fine the way it is. I mean, people were upset when the MLB just added a wild card in general. It used yeah. to be there was no wild card. for years. Just, a division dude, If it was 1980, the Mets should have won another World Series in 1988. But because there was no wild card, they had 92 wins and they missed the playoffs. That's not So
2: I just, I don't understand. Like, MLB's trying to fix things that ain't broken. No, like I said and it, it all comes back to that attendance and that and that trying to bring in new fans. That's the bi- that's the biggest thing because it's in retrospect, it's such an archaic game. It really sure, it, it sure. really is. And it's I,
1: America's pastime. It's truly listen, a
2: pastime. And, and I understand and then when I try to explain to people that don't get baseball, it's 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 hard because I totally understand what they sure. what they're saying. It's boring. It's, it's slow, slow. Yeah, yeah. And you and listen and for, like I said for all intents and purposes they're 100% right it's a slow game I it's don't disagree but it, but that's to me that's what makes that's it great the beauty a, of the that's game that's what makes it great on a Saturday during afternoon during
1: those slow th- moments there is so much strategy and little things going on dude
2: it's great you I mean speak- listen and I hate shit like the shift I can't stand the shift sure. but I understand why people do it I'm also not in favor of banning the shift no but I love when people beat the shift yeah absolutely so that so that's something that I understand and I get it it's again, I it's get more strategy. frustrated that
1: players don't try to beat the shift more often that, lay like,
2: down a bunt poke it the other way like, instead of trying to pull it everything my biggest thing is when they do the shift with Conforto everyone's everyone's standing in right field and he doesn't go left yeah you know what I mean and that's
1: unfortunately that's like team strategy and things like that but there's just there's so many levels to this like I said don't fix what ain't broken how about you fix what is broken and like your corruption that's going on where you're trying to cover up this massive massive scandal to make yourselves look better and you're making yourselves look the cover-up is always worse than the crime you know
2: always you know this like ask Nixon I think that there's a reason I th- okay. So now again, putting my tinfoil hat back on. So obviously, Steve- sure. obviously Stevie Cohen's gone. Yeah. That that's not Correct. happening. Now the team's up for sale. Blah blah blah. I think Stevie Cohen saw all this. He he, 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 ha- listen, he There's no have- way. There's no way he didn't have a little bit of internal thing and know that he saw a shitstorm coming his way. I he mean, I, obviously, ninety percent is the will ponds. That I get. yeah,
1: he might have. I don't know. I, I mean, it's a tin foil theory. I don't, that's I what think, I'm saying. I think that he, that probably didn't. I mean, I'm sure it was maybe made him a little more. Um, What's like uh, standoffish about it, but I don't think it really affected a decision because maybe he got cold feet. Yeah, well, I think that he realized how stupid it was that the team that for five years that they would have control, which is fucking stupid. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm over the Steve Cohen thing. I'm just ready to support the players and that's it. So that's I'm canceling my cable because I'm not paying for SNY anymore. So
2: that's 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 essentially what I'm saying. Yeah, I I do want to say. Um, I am a, I am a hypocrite from last week to this week. I did buy a Conforto jersey. <laughs> should, I, I wish you bought it from China. I, Get some I, Corona with it. <laughs> I absolutely not well, because I love Michael Conforto. Yeah, He's too. one of my favorite players. Um, oh, I'm a big fan. So I have all my favorite players. I don't see myself buying another jersey anytime yeah. soon. Um, but again, now, now if that... If someone wants to buy me a jersey, I'll wear it. Now that but pi- I'm not giving them I, my money. Now that pitches and catches are reporting, now I, ha- now I have that feeling. Oh, I'm all oh, in. I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm, happy. I'm super pumped for baseball. And, and I want to, again, I, my new favorite Mets podcast we gotta believe KFC Barstool yeah yeah is, great. Um, I
1: absolutely well we might be doing something with uh, Clem Report pretty I hope soon. So, yeah, yeah I'd love to um, I'm trying to get him on the show next week hopefully that would be great um, but I've been DMing with him and cool. uh, uh, it'd be very strange if we ended up doing that my met my Mets takeover idea with Barstool yeah
2: you, you, you know part of you know like I had like an epiphany the other night where I was like you know what's gonna happen right
1: what Barstool's gonna buy us um, hold on to that. Um, uh, Do you want you th- want you want to
2: timestamp that and cut that?
1: No, it's fine. It's not going to buy us. Just hold on to that. That's
2: not what you. know. You yeah, no, I'm you don't
1: saying. need to buy anything. Um, there's, no, there's I, nothing
2: to buy. Dude. No, I mean, yeah, are going to buy my no, iPad?
1: No, no, <laughs> buy me. Yeah. buy my butthole. You're going to buy me by the
2: pound. My butthole is used te- and degraded. I'm ten cents a pound. No, that's a lot of pounds. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dimes. No, but it, but it goes back to what I'm saying. Taylor is dimes. That, like, Taylor dimes. Stuff fucking stupid.
1: How many dimes are you? Tay dimes. Like three thousand,
2: <laughs> I'm Mister Three Thousand, like Bernie Mac. Yeah, except, except you're, I'll be dead soon, but not like dead him. yet. Not dead yet. Yeah, he's no, dead. Mr. 2, no, uh, I Mister Two Thousand Nine Hundred Ninety Seven. No, I hate that movie. It's fucking stupid. It's uh, no, um, cool but, but going back to what I'm saying, um, I am very excited for the players. It's it's one of the better teams, yeah. one of the better rosters well, I've seen it, in a it's, while
1: it it has major major upside. Um now the thing is and I, I said this to I said it last year, I said it the year before. The Mets are in a position where they need everything to go right and they can't have anything go wrong. One injury to uh, I'm not saying any names cuz I'm going I yeah. would jinx it in that Don't case, but it. one injury to a pivotal player changes it. Um but the upside is dramatic and it, it's like 2015 was a year everything went right. Yeah, and, facts. And I made it to the World Series that year, 2016, not so much. And it's one of those things. 2017 was another year where everything had to go right in the first game or the first or his fourth start, Noah Syndergaard tears his lat and he misses up until and, September. Then
2: he gets like the what the foot and mouth disease. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, it's one of these things where everything if everything goes right, they're a 90 to 95 win team. Easy. If if their bullpen if they perform like they did last year with their bullpen bullpen performing, Fifty percent better. They're a ninety-win team.
2: That's I I, can, the, I completely agree. I was so, going to say because like but if the division can, is
1: still really really good.
2: Well, yeah, you got the, the, the Phillies, the Phillies and the are going to be and,
1: better. The Braves are going to be just as good. The Nationals might be just as good. The Nationals still could trade for Chris Bryant, and so could the Phillies. The Marlins will be better this year. They're probably like a seventy-five to ninety to eighty-win team. So there's a lot of things here, but it, it's the Mets' season will be dictated by how they start April. It's not Birdie Van Wagenen come get us. He's got to shut the fuck up. No, because... He's well, got to shut the fuck up. I, like, it's, I'm like. i tired of hearing best bullpen in baseball. Prove it. it prove it. I, I agree. But You, you if, have to prove get, it. if you get bounce-back seasons from Diaz and especially Familia, this team is going to be good.
2: You know what? You know uh, what was cool? I was watching MLB Network the other day, and um, they were going through... Like, you know, obviously they do MLB that. MLB Network's really, the fucking best. This, the it, fucking best little, sports
1: network. It literally is their, the best. Their coverage guys are great. Harold Reynolds is
2: fucking great. I love Al Leiter, and I love... Uh, there's another guy. Jim Tomey's on there. Tony on I there, there. On Kevin Millar Yo, is awesome. They did a breakdown with uh, it was Pedro and Al Leiter, and they were breaking down Jacob Degrom. How great is Pedro Martinez? He is amazing. He is one of my. F-
1: I loved him as a player, going back to a-
2: Montreal. But I, I hated him because I, I the who's your daddy shit. Oh, he I when was, was playing the, for Boston. The, he, he was the bad guy. with was Don Zimmer. Ch- him, yeah.
1: The, Don Zimmer had it coming. I know. I I understand. <laughs> I, I charged will, him. I I hate when people are like, can you believe he did that to
2: Don Zimmer?" For, I was listen, like he could have punched for him for as bad as it could have gone. He just Pedro him aside. That was it.
1: Pedro was still throwing.
2: And gas at that point. Imagine if you lined <laughs> up and socked the old guy, you just so, killed him. But it was so cool because they line up Pedro and Degrom. You know, like very oh, much. All the night, delivery next is so it's similar. It's exactly the except, same, except
1: DeGrom's 6'4". And Well, that makes Degrom. I was going to say Degrom's quicker to the plate because he's he longer. Gets to, yeah, he's longer. He gets to the mound faster. But
2: Pedro threw some fucking gas, dude. Pedro, I will always say
1: that Pedro at his prime, from ninety nine to two thousand two, was the most dominant pitcher I've ever seen. I I will take prime Pedro Martinez over prime Randy Johnson any day uh, because he
2: did it while being
1: 59 <laughs>
2: I, well, yeah, what was Randy Johnson 7 foot? He was 6'10", 6'11". Well, see, it's not I even... think he was
1: 6'10", because the tallest pitcher in Major League Baseball history was... Trevor Hoffman? No, no, uh, John Roush was a relief pitcher. He seven was on one? the Mets for a little bit. Uh, no, he was 6'11". Six John 11. He was on well, the Trevor Mets. Hoffman was 6'11". He closer. was a little bit taller than, yeah, John oh, really? than Trevor Hoffman. But John Roush, and he was on the Mets, uh, Matt Harvey's rookie year, and he tried hazing Matt Harvey, and Matt Harvey almost fought him. That's That's, awesome. that's when I
2: started to like Harvey. Yeah. This guy don't give a fuck. Um, for me, the one of the best players and pitchers I've ever seen, Doc Holliday. Um, yeah, well, it's
1: just... Doc Holliday was, you know, it was, it, he was amazing in Toronto. He was amazing in Philly, and he was one of the most. He well, might be the most efficient pitcher I've ever seen because he was just complete well, game, complete game, well, complete game. He was a
2: workhorse. That was, yeah. and especially because like towards the end of his career, when like the complete he games were a, going away, he
1: hit when it was weird because he hit a wall and he was just done. Like his wall. Sometimes that happens. Well, though. it was the same thing as Tim Lincecum. He hit a wall and he and was, that was done. It. Yeah, he was dominant he was done. too. Like Lincecum, Eric Gagne, same Eric shit. Gagne, uh, PED guy. So I, I well, kind of attribute that. A little bit, but Lindsacum, he was a guy that, unfortunately, he's probably not going to make the Hall of Fame because his career was shortened. Um, you know, Johan Santana wasn't as much as hitting a wall as it was injuries. Because when he was on the mound, he was good, but then the injuries just started to pile up.
2: Yeah, but and um, I also want to say too—I mean, like that's the only—that's the only other opposing jersey that I own: Roy Holiday, a Roy Holiday. I would jersey. get a
1: Holiday Blue Jays jersey. I can never wear a Phillies jersey. I,
2: I just—I bought it for the time I, need a when Lenny I was. Dykstra
1: jersey. Also, I, I want a Lenny Dykstra <laughs>
2: jersey. Bad. Also, because my whole thing was like that whole season where. He threw a no hitter in the postseason and a no hitter in in the perfect
1: game in the regular season. And a no hitter in the postseason. That's what that no hitter might be the best pitch game I've ever seen in my life. That's uh, Amando Gallardo. It was uh, well, no. Listen, that wasn't a no-hitter. no hitter. It should have been Gallardo. That was a perfect game. It no, it was a no hitter. Well, not a perfect. No, game. it was a perfect. Was game. it actually okay? No, it was a perfect game because it, Joyce but, fucked up but the it was safe but goal. it wasn't, and that wasn't most dominant because you have to consider the. I think technically, if you look at the statistics of it, what is the mo- considered the most? Um, most impressive no-hitter of all time was Matt Cain because it was a no-hitter against – it was a pitcher facing the highest-rated offense at that point. The offense he was facing was number one in the league at that time when he threw a no-hitter against him. It's weird how they – baseball stats are crazy Mm -hmm. like that. But when you consider Roy Halladay did it in the playoffs, the only second – the second ever no-hitter in the playoffs, and um, that he did it against a a very good offense himself um, in the – I believe it was the Brewers. Uh, or the cardinals There's it was the, the cardinals, cardinals. Yeah. um that to me it's was the BS. most dominant game i've ever seen
2: so and then i want to i want st- to stick on baseball for sure, a second cuz um there was I one. Could talk, I could do a baseball podcast. I, I, I could know. talk all day. So I was like, I was thinking of like, uh, or even sports in general. So Quas and I we were we thinking about like Saturday night, where before we're watching the fight, we're talking about like some of the best sports rivalries in. Yeah, like he in actually texted ever. me about that, and he's like, "Have you ever done a thirty for thirty on this, this, this?" I go. He goes, "What are your top three rivalries?" Okay. I go for me. Number one is uh, Red Sox it's, Yankees. That's the
1: number one rivalry in all sports. Red yeah. Sox
2: Yankees. Number two is going to be uh, Michigan Ohio State. That's and then number three, ironically, is sure. college, and number three is Duke, UNC.
1: Okay, I would say Yankees, Red Sox is always number one. If you're looking historically, I don't know if the stakes are bigger than Lakers, Celtics. Lakers Celtics was a fucking. Celtics- when you think about and you think one. about the names involved in that rivalry, up until recently, Kobe versus Garnett and Pierce. Like you think about how far Ray back Allen. it was. Ray Allen, uh, Paul Gasol, and then you go back even further. Bill Russell, Kareem, Wilt. Like it, it's that to me is up there. Jerry um, West. If you go back even further, and if you go into football, you can look at Steelers Cowboys.
2: Steelers, Cowboys, uh, Redskins, Cowboys, Steelers,
1: Steelers, Raiders was huge because they were in the AFC Championship game every year. You look at uh, obviously Cowboys, Cowboys, Eagles is is a huge one. If you look into baseball a little more, uh, the Cubs and Cardinals is a great historic rivalry as well. Um, The Mets and the um, the Cardinals was a classic rivalry when the Cardinals used to be in the Mets division, but Mm. they're obviously not. But they're still the Mets and Cardinals still have a weird rivalry to start despite not being in the same division. Was
2: that that like Ozzy Smith? Was that like the small ball era? He was, on the white, he was the
1: White Sox manager, no, 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 Ozzie uh,
2: Smith. No, I, oh, oh, yeah, Ozzie no. Smith. Yeah, back then. Yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking Ozzie game well, for
1: some, some m- reason. Yeah, The fucking guy? Yeah, the White Sox World Series winning manager. He made,
2: he made fun of David Ortiz, laid down a bunt, and yeah. he's like faking
1: So uh, I'm trying to just think other big rivalries. I mean, the Dolphins-Jets is a huge rivalry. Even when they're bad, those are always like incredibly say, popular games. When,
2: when the Jets, uh, the couple times when the Jets have been competitive, the Jets and the Pats have actually yeah, been fairly, very, very good, good rivalry. Denver, honestly, not until like the last 20 years.
1: Steelers, all those 49ers Super Bowls. Steelers. Yeah, that, 49ers, 49ers Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, that, that yeah. was a big one. Cowboys Giants is a huge one. Cowboys Giants is a huge. A huge, one. huge rivalry. Packers Bears, dude. Packers Bears. Packers
2: Bears. How did I forget
1: that Packers, one? Packers Bears is might be the one in football. Honestly, when mm-hmm. you think about it, the two oldest franchises. I was even
2: see Packers Lions. Packers too.
1: Lions is a big one. Um, I'm just trying. I'm running through teams right now. It's weird because there's some teams that just haven't been around well, long enough. I was, um, you could do the the Baltimore Colts versus uh, the Indianapolis Colts,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or you could do. Uh, I, or honestly, I mean, you could do. Uh, I mean, even though the Browns stink and the uh, the Bengals stink, but like real in reality, it's Bengals. Yeah, Bengals Browns. It was Bengals
1: Steelers for a long time. and Players were always Steelers. playing dirty. Well, uh, uh, Steelers Ravens is, is a big one. If you look at the basketball in the '90s, uh, Bulls Knicks was fucking
2: because they, they couldn't Bulls they couldn't
1: beat Michael around. Jordan. They couldn't beat Michael Jordan. No. One could really but yeah, John Starks Knicks, and Ewing the, the Ewing Knicks probably would have been in the championship every year if it wasn't for those bull teams with Patrick Ewing
2: even that short run um Knicks Pacers with Reggie Miller but i mean if i'm just thinking even rivalries beyond like the major
1: sports you can go to like boxing and Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield and you think about Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali where it they were friends and it became a bitter rivalry Sugar so Shane when, when when uh no no i'm oh, uh, no um uh, Joe Frazier and uh, Muhammad Ali when you think about this they were friends and then when They started the rivalry, Muhammad Ali did his hype job. He started calling him an Uncle Tom, saying that all these he was a Frankenstein. Ah uh, yes, he did. Uh, well, and also, that there's another gun story. But <laughs> this is how they, Joe Frazier hated Muhammad Ali up until the day he died, which was like 2012, I think. I think he we found he died at the night of like a Black Ops release at Best Buy with like yeah, a minute release. And um, the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, Muhammad Ali was lighting the torch, and Joe Frazier said to someone next to him, "I hope he falls in." Like <laughs> he hated him. Yeah. Um, you could go to I mean George Foreman and um, Muhammad Ali. That was a big one. In recent times, Mayweather and Pacquiao was, it was a more of a hype than anything else. Yeah. But if you look into MMA, there's um, Tito and Chuck. Tito that, and That's Chuck. a great. Okay, there you go, Quaz. You want a, a 30 for 30 about a rivalry? Tito and Chuck. There's a Tito is and great. Chuck one on 30 for 30. It's uh, phenomenal. As
2: far as recently. Tito, I and mean, Tito, Tito and Ken. Tito and Ken, John and DC. Ken, Ken and Hoist Gracie. Yeah, the was only a huge part, The only part that stinks that DC didn't get one on John, so it really yeah, is. Yeah, it's not. But the
1: rivalry is still there no matter what. Yeah. You can lose 100 times and it's still but a rivalry. The, but, but
2: the one time you like on the off chance, like if there was a one time DC beat them, it him, changes it, it changes the dynamic uh-huh. completely. Or, like, even um, well, because they still have to do a rubber match, but Nate and Connor, yeah, Nate uh, and Connor I is mean, a good one. Conor, Nate, Nate Conor and Khabib Khabib. could be
1: a huge one if you know yeah. you split, the, split them. I mean, um, Rampage and Chuck Liddell was a good rivalry, Rampage and Vanderly Silva was an amazing yeah. rivalry. There was a competitive rivalry between Fedor and Krokop, and that was more about the fans because Fedor uh, they were who would win, who would win. Fedor has to beat him on the ground, uh, Krokop can only beat him standing, and then. Fedor beats him on the feet. He beats him in kickboxing. And then you never got that rematch, which kind of sucked. Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir was a great rivalry. Anderson Silva, Chael Sonnen was a great rivalry. The, um, Bisping and Rockhold more recently was a really good one, but it was short lived.
2: Bisping Henderson. Bisping
1: Henderson was a great one. Yeah. Um, you know, one and one was, was really good. Uh, I'm just trying to think of other teams throughout. Uh, you know, in recent history. Or, See, like
2: um, That's why I go back to college. Like the like the two biggest again, Ohio State, Michigan is. Yeah, a big Yeah, you can't one. leave that out. Duke, Duke UNC Duke, basketball. Yep. Just just from the star power, both those teams have had on the court. Christian Leitner, Vince yeah. Carter, shit like that. Um, um, if you go, to, not that I'm a golf fan, but Tiger Woods and um, Phil Mickelson has Phil been Mickelson. like a friendly, competitive rivalry more between fans because golf—they're yeah. always buddy buddy. Yeah, they've always been. Yeah, like there's never been unless you're like John Daly who just yeah. hates everybody. Yeah, exactly. But uh, there's the other one. Um, I mean, you would even say Michigan, Michigan State yeah. is a pretty big one. Let's see. I'm going to look up the um, greatest
1: rivalries in, in sports. sports history and let's just see if there's any we miss because I'm sure there is. There's
2: going to be a few and there's going to be a couple college teams in there that I'm, I just can't think of at them. Oh, like Florida LSU was yeah, a Florida, big one. LSU's
1: a really uh, good one. LSU Alabama is a huge one. Let's see the 100 most heated heated rivalries in sports. I love these. Um, I love. Oh, this I, mean, shit. I guess you'd have to put Rangers Flyers for sure in mm-hmm. hockey. No, because like the you first know, one the like, great Rangers Devils. Rangers Devils, but Flyers is more because Devils are the you Devils stank. Well, they're also only like a 30 year old team. They're not like a young. They're a young yeah, but, team. Yeah, but they have uh, sure. They've, they've, they've been, been more relevant. relevant. Absolutely. Yeah. So like it starts out on 100 and it's hockey. So I'm going to skip through. Th- <laughs> Number 99 is Pacquiao versus Mayweather. Wow, really? Um, there's soccer ones. I don't care. Uh, Nebraska versus Missouri. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless versus the world. That's not bad. Okay, here's one. In recent memory, um, Colts versus Patriots between Peyton and Brady. That yeah. was a big rivalry. Yeah. I would say it was more a Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning rivalry Didn't than the anything Colts else. And the Pats, yeah. um, let's see. I'm skipping over the hockey ones. <laughs> it. Packer, uh, Sugar Ray Re- Leonard against Rob- Roberto Duran. That was a huge rivalry. Oh, dude. Uh, Mickey Warden or Arturo Gotti. Mickey oh, Ward or Arturo Gotti was huge. <laughs> um, let's wow. see what else we got here. Sea Biscuit. I'm not putting a fucking horse.
2: horse oh, but the Sea Biscuit against Hope.
1: This one is actually funny. Manning family versus Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Ford versus Chevrolet. Ford versus Ferrari. Ford dudes. versus Ferrari. Yeah, literally. A not even one. just the movie. I'm skipping over all this. Oh, Tommy Hearns versus Marvin Hagler was huge. Patriots Jets. Um, Celtics versus 76ers, a classic basketball rivalry. Yankees Mets has to be considered, especially cuz they played in the World to, Series, yeah. it has to be. And again, it's probably more between the fans, AFL versus NFL. Yeah. USFL versus NFL. The USFL Herschel Walker still has yeah.
2: all-time season single season rushing Giants
1: record. Cowboys. Oh, Jake LaMotta versus Sugar Ray Robinson. Okay. You never knocked me down, Ray. Yep. Never knocked me down. That's a great one. Um Devils versus Rangers, Broncos versus Raiders. Is on yeah, here.
2: well, the Raiders kicked so, the shit out of Number sixty-one so long.
1: is Michigan Wolverines versus Michigan State.
2: That's the one I. That's I. Thought uh, that Fifty-nine
1: one. is Rangers versus Islanders. That's fair because they're both the York see. teams. Number thir- fifty-six: Sean Avery versus the entire NHL. Facts,
2: <laughs> he, dude. He, he he made enemies everywhere. This he is went. a good one.
1: US, USC versus UCLA. Yeah. That's a good Manchester United versus Liverpool. That's a good one. Uh Phillies versus Mets is a really good one, yep. especially in the late 2000s. Tell me about it. Uh Federer versus Nadal in tennis. I'm not that's even a tennis only, fan. That's the
2: only tennis match I ever yeah. watched. It was 4 hours. Um,
1: Cubs versus White Sox, Tiger versus Phil. Let's see. Texas versus Oklahoma. That's a that's good a one. That's a really big one. Well, big Texas one.
2: sucks now, so that's why it Arnold stinks.
1: Palmer versus uh, Jack Nicholas is a really good one.
2: Two of the best golfers uh, ever. Ravens
1: versus Steelers. Tyson versus Holyfield. Wilt Chamberlain versus Bill Russell. That's the one. The, the yeah,
2: Lakers-Celtics. Two of the best ever. Nebraska
1: versus Oklahoma. That's a big one. Notre Dame versus USC. How did I forget Notre Dame, dude? This is a good classic one. Harvard versus Yale. Well, that's, that, a, that's the first football game yeah, ever. College Kentucky versus game. Louisville. That's a big Browns one. Browns versus Steelers. Huh. Cowboys versus Redskins you have to consider, especially when you think about the 90s. Yep. Um, let's see. Army versus Navy. That's how I, that's the biggest yeah. one, man. Uh, Michael Jordan versus the Detroit Pistons.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, he's the one that got Isaiah off the dream yep. team. Florida that's
1: State awesome. Seminoles versus Miami Hurricanes. Okay. Uh, they don't play each other anymore. Giants versus Eagles at 22. Cardinals versus Cubs at 21. Okay. Okay. Uh wow 19 is Lakers Celtics I thought it would be higher What
2: there's 18 other ones bigger than yeah, that Okay so
1: this one's really good actually 18 The Boxer Jack Johnson versus Society um, now, Jack Johnson was a uh, heavyweight champion. Was society of the wa- a person? Well, no, te- yeah, in theory. So this is what it says about it. While he's remembered as the first African-American world heavyweight boxing champion, during the pro- pinnacle of the Jim Crow era, Jack Johnson was per- perhaps the most important boxer in history. After becoming a champion, Johnson became the first person ever to knock down James J. Jeffries in a professional bout after the white population searched for someone who could defeat the new star. Racism and Johnson's affinity for white women certainly left his country uh, fuming. He got arrested because he had had a white woman in his car, who was with him consensually, and took her over state lines.
2: I that's there's him. There's a
1: documentary about him that Ken Burns Wait, did. That's, that's him, that's Jack the Johnson. Hurricane. No, no, that's that's a different story. Oh. Jack Johnson got arrested and uh, was put in jail. It was there's a documentary that Ken Burns did called "Unforgivable Blackness." It is incredible. Um, but yeah, he was hate- the most hated man in the world. That's where the phrase in boxing, the great white hope, came from. Really? Because they wanted the- they didn't want a black guy being he was the first ever black heavyweight champion of the world. I thought
2: it was Joe Lewis. No, no. Dude oh, wow. okay. he was
1: he became heavyweight champion in nineteen oh eight.
2: Oh yeah, Joe Lewis was the thirties seen- of the forties. Yeah, if you haven't seen
1: that documentary, watch it. I will. All right, seventeen is Packers versus Bears. Yep. Sixteen is Knicks versus Heat. Really? Um yeah. Let's see. Oh, this is a good one. In boxing, number 15, Joe Lewis versus Max Schlemming. This was Nazi Germany versus America. Oh, facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good one. Um, Alabama versus Auburn.
2: Oh, yeah, the Iron Bowl. Every year. It's so good. Uh,
1: 11, the Dodgers versus the Giants. That's a good one. 10, Duke versus North Carolina. That's a big one. Uh, 8... Eight is Yankees Red Sox. Okay, There's let's see. Seven more. Well, let's okay. Like I'm not, India versus Pakistan doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah, like maybe like geopolitically. Are,
2: are you talking like the soccer S- teams? Says,
1: I get. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Following the uh, following the partition of India in 1947 and the independence of the Muslim state of Pakistan, these two cricket teams, cricket oh, over right. there, cricket's okay, huge. That's fuck different. it. Okay. Um. Number six is Celtic FC versus Rangers FC. That's a football. Five club. is Real Madrid versus Bar. Barcelona. That's a big one. Four is Finland versus Sweden. Um and I guess that's uh I don't know if it's for hockey. I'm assuming it's hockey. What does it read it? It doesn't say. It says Czech Czech versus Russians, Canada versus USA, Sweden versus Finland.
2: No, yeah, that's all hockey. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like the Olympics Number and shit. 3
1: is Montreal Canadiens versus Toronto Maple Leafs. Number 2 is uh Ohio State Buckeyes and Michigan Wolverines. Number 1's the one I said before, Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali. Okay. Which again, that you have to look at like the documentaries you can see about Ali and just that rivalry are pretty incredible. For sure, because of how hated it was. There's one where they're on a talk show and Joe Lewis gets up to walk off and he, they almost fight on the talk show. And it wasn't. This was not a work. Yeah, was, no, they just a work each other. It was a work for Muhammad Ali. He was a hype man. He was, he was the original rapper. He's yeah. the one that inspired even more than Dolomite. He was rapping up there. He yeah. was just a float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Like yeah, for sure. he was just rhyming all the time. And he, he called dude. He called Joe Lewis an ape, a gorilla. Jesus. He just went after him. Didn't give a fuck. That's bad. But if I mean, I would suggest anyone to watch a documentary about Joe Lewis and Muhammad Ali because you'll be like, oh, these guys almost killed each other. It's
2: awesome. All right.
1: Um, So Pam Anderson was in the news this week. For what? Okay. So she got married two weeks ago, right? She married this this guy. uh, His name is John Peters. He's like 75 years old. He's worth like $350 million. Okay. She proposed to him via text message. That's awesome. They're divorced already after 12 days. How much money did she get? Um, she he paid off her 200 plus thousand dollars in debt, and then she divorced him. <laughs> Wow. And he even said, like, he goes, the worst fool is an old fool. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I got to give, give her credit for being able to dupe someone that badly. I mean. A guy that has done well business-wise, but we know that old white men can't resist. She's not even young, though. She doesn't look like Prime Man. Pa- Prime Man Anderson is probably one of the biggest sex symbols in history. Facts. And, and the, the fact that she, see, sex symbols, I think, it gets very tossed around because I don't think you could be a sex symbol unless I've seen you fuck. <laughs> yeah,
2: like I think there has to be a level of nudity. Uh, there has to be a level of getting dicked, <laughs> yeah, like getting dicked because now.
1: it's easy to say someone is a sex symbol because they're hot. Like Scarlett Johansson, in theory, is a sex symbol, right? I've sure. never seen her getting fucked. Unless, I'd like to. Uh, you look at I'd like. I'd like to do the fucking. In fact, <laughs> but then you look at. Paris Hilton took she sucked dick on camera, and it wasn't even in a Hilton. The big fucking Ramada sign is up yeah, making so mommy and daddy proud. God damn Kim it. Kardashian sucked dick on tape and took dick on tape.
2: Well, to be fair, Kim Kardashian is at least doing a lot of good charity work. Right absolutely,
1: now. Yeah. but she deserves to be a sex symbol. Oh, absolutely. Pamela Anderson took Tommy Lee's gigantic hog on tape, yeah. and it was one of the best-selling pornos of all time. Legitimate sex symbol. Shit. There's a sex tape of Marilyn Monroe out there.
2: Is there really? Someone
1: dug it up maybe like 10 years ago. Her taking on two dudes. It's fucking hot. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like watching The Lighthouse porno. Oh, my God. It's literally in black and white. She's got this old fucking 50s bush going on. And Marilyn Monroe was a fucking smoke show. Smoke show. Like, yeah. you still like see pictures of her. Like, how could someone be that fucking gorgeous back then? I know, man. And she was like considered fat back then because she yeah. had big fat. Fucking heavy tits.
2: Yeah, well, there's no wrong milk with her. <laughs> Dude, it's just like, it's the same thing, like, when chicks are, like, when they quote Marilyn Monroe, like, you forget, like, this chick died of a drug overdose.
1: I think uh, the Kennedys actually killed her. You're I actually like kind of do believe that the government had something to do with her death. Well, I would little, think so. I mean, was she was getting too beat much... up by Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, right. But something crazy. So I was out on uh, Greenwood Lake this past summer on our friend's uh, parents' boat. And um he like knows Greenwood Lake really well, and he was telling us about like pointing out all the different things like one of the house from the, one of the houses from the show the Monsters is right on Greenwood Lake, right We saw the house from the, the episode of the Sopranos on the lake and he's like, that was Joe Dimaggio 's house, so he had a house right on Greenwood Lake and he goes the, I met the people that bought the house recently, and up in the attic, there was a bunch of stuff that had been there for years, and one of them was signed. The, the, there was a desk up there or a table that was actually signed by Marilyn Monroe really? in there. That's she signed it as Norma Jean. That's fucking cool, dude. But she got the shit kicked out of her by Joe DiMaggio. Oh yeah, DiMaggio beat the fuck out of her. Like when she when he died, uh, whatever years back, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago. I guarantee you he got to the Pearly Gates and he just socked Marilyn once.
2: <laughs> just once for good fucking, measure. Fucking
1: socked her, guaranteed. Um... Taylor, you sent me something before, and I actually had seen this in the news earlier in the week about the the mystery radio signals that are beaming. I am so intrigued by this that are beaming every 16 days from the same spot in space. I think they said it was 200 so, million light years away. So
2: it's it's every so it's Is there 16 day uh, there's 16 day intervals? It's four days on, twelve days off. Yeah, correct. Four days on, twelve days off, and it's always at the same time, at the same place, at the same exact location. That shit is wild to me. Yeah. Because like it, it's a radio frequency, so it's a deliberate frequency coming and from And it makes a you wonder
1: what, what it could be. The first movie I thought of was Contact with Jodie Foster. I did too. And then I thought about At Astra. Um, similar kind of thing. Yeah, I still now, haven't seen that yet. I, I read into it a little bit, and... They're like, the thing that's weird that makes them think it's not like a civilization is the fact that it's these intervals. They think that it could be some type of repeater that got lost out in space, or it could be that there's some type of radiation that's making things bounce off a certain way. But regardless, it's incredibly interesting, mm-hmm. and it's got to be one of the bigger cosmic discoveries in recent years. I think so, just because, um,
2: like, w- like, and the and re- the relevance to where it is and to what what's actually happening because it seems so deliberate.
1: Yeah, now the fact but, that it's on this pattern.
2: Yes, exactly. So the weird part is, like I said, it, it definitely could very well be just something. <coughs> drifted off into deep space and we're just picking up the, the last of the frequency before it's gone it's forever. It's entirely possible. But at the same time. It might not be. It might <sighs> be something that we don't know. How do we know It might know be that?
1: something we never find out either. That's the thing. Like you gotta, At I, least in our lifetime,
2: we'll never find out. In our lifetime,
1: probably not. I still think that there will be something in our lifetime that confirms that there is some type of other life form out there. I think that will happen in our lifetime. I don't know about that. I actually
2: think relatively soon, in fact. Really? I I do. I I think that. uh, Now, listen, as someone who believes in that shit wholeheartedly, uh I still hold out so much doubt that I will ever see anything to that extent. Uh, I think we will.
1: I mean, if you die tomorrow, no. Oh, uh, well, sure. I, I think, I by relatively soon, I mean within the next 25 years, that something will, hopefully, some, hopefully something will confirm. Especially I think that uh, as we, especially if our government decides to branch out into space again, that if there is anything that is trying to make contact with us, that is watching us, that may be here, the further that we go out into space and the more activity we have in space, the only logical thing to happen, and when you say they go out into space, we're talking the fucking moon, which is... Not even scratching the surface. It's it's looking at the surface. You're, you're, you're <laughs> you know swimming
2: I mean? in the shallow end of a yeah, pool.
1: Yeah, it's literally a speck of dust on a speck of dust. Yep, it's literally what it is, and you'll never find it. But I do think that there, there's gonna. Okay, so you look at the way the world works and through history, there's always some kind of like world society changing event every century, right? We've done everything: the car, electricity, the plane. Mm-hmm. The, we've gone to the moon. So what is next? Mm. And it also makes, there's also sex part of, robots. they already have those. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, sex robots, mm. dude. What the, fuck um, I know? the, the, the only possible thing I, that kind of ties me to is it makes me wonder. And I don't believe this, but I'm very intrigued by the idea of the, the simulation theory uh, because it makes you, there's so many things that make me go like those matrix kind of moments where I'm like, what the fuck? And I think everyone kind of has those. And that could just be that you're hyper aware to things
2: yeah, so I have moments of this where I where I become self aware. No, <laughs> where I become self aware and I yeah, re- yeah. and I realize and I'm not high, you I'm not th- drunk. Your
1: Skynet goes live.
2: I exactly and literally, this is the exact thought. Thank you, Joe Rogan, for putting this in my brain ten years ago. We are traveling. We are literally on a pebble, <laughs> flying through infinity. No, dude, space isn't real, and the Earth is flat. Shut up. Flying through infinity. Yeah. At 800 miles an hour, right? And then Neil deGrasse Tyson fucked me up two weeks ago because he said, you know, because someone asked him questions and he's like, so, Neil, what happens if the Earth was to stop rotating? Oh. And he goes, uh, world. Yeah. Because, like, you're going 800 miles an hour that
1: would, way. Uh, yeah, well, and the Earth would just split apart, basically. If the moon ever broke up, um, if like say like uh, a meteor just tore through the moon but missed us, Earth is uh, Earth's um, tectonic plates would just completely separate, and it would our gravitational pull would be completely fucked up. That, that's a wrap. Yeah, I mean, there's a million things like that that could happen though. A fucking solar flare could like in the movie no one could kill us tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, I know we we both hate Logan Paul, right?
2: I well, okay. I respect him. I respect that I, he's made no, something from himself out of nothing. Out of well, one of out of absolutely nothing, and two, his podcast is very entertaining. And three, because he actually like he he like he's legit an athlete. He's a legit he, athlete. He tried. He tried. Well, he trained you, hard. Did for you that fight. listen
1: to his diss track on Antonio Brown? No, because Would, do you want to?
2: Yeah, sure, dude.
1: It's actually like he fucking wrecked Antonio Brown. Did
2: he actually suck the dick too?
1: I don't know. I hope he did.
2: I mean, I'd be, I would be... Who gives a uh, shit?
1: Logan Paul and Brown, rap. I heard what, this and I'm he, like...
2: Didn't he challenge him to a fight? Yeah, team? that's
1: what this is about. It's a diss track on him. Um, let's see. Okay. Let, let me... Alright, this is all the hype video for it.
2: Oh, that's actually him? Yeah. I give Logan Paul a lot of credit for that.
1: Dude, wait till you see the lines he drops on him. By
2: the way, if they get into a ring, Logan Paul's gonna fuck him up. I don't know,
1: because Antonio Brown's an actual athlete, but I'll, I'll get into that in a second.
0: shouldn't say you ain't playing games but your head look like some tetris drop by your agent and your lawyer why you flexing i'm here to save you take the blessing because your career fell apart like one direction Hey, frostbite kofi bitch you looking nervous clown shit take a seat put him in the circus locked up you deserve it i'ma knock your ass out like a vortex person oh no you don't want the smoke, go You ain't a so long. Drop me team you for. I'm in mode. I say oh no. You don't want
2: smoke, Dude, it keeps going too. I'm so impressed right now. In a Tom Brady jersey. Yep.
0: in the league scratch that last time I checked you on TV fighting with your girl now your kids look up to me and Daisy said you slid in and she left your ass unseen and I ain't say I'm perfect yeah I got a lot of baggage i am going shine through yeah you know if you were maverick yo be why you throwing out your mattress that's another case i just put you in the casket cause missed a whole lot of money going
2: broke yeah. I- I'm, I'm so impressed right now wow yeah, Mr.
1: It's actually like, well produced.
0: It's good, man. Mouth running out of four. What are you a bomb and a pause Had to put your hands on a shorty trying to score more. Now you got six lawsuits in divorce court. Maybe Mama calling you pull up game week. No, you need the money. Five kids, they gotta eat. Cover a back in 2019. Yeah, one year later, police on the
2: scene.
0: Wow. Yo, take a hit, get the fuck off YouTube Hop in the ring with a king Get some clout, make the news Yeah, I took a L, but I never really knew He says, screw Hey, But when the check show, he ducked yeah. I wish you good luck ay. Cause it's your life, you fuck said,
1: oh. Yeah, dude I'm <laughs> so dude, impressed the Vontaze Burfitt line was fucking killer
2: Can I just be honest? That, I, I saw single-handedly it, I like,
1: I'm cool with him I'm cool I'm very I'm, cool. Cool with I'm not him. gonna watch his boxing matches but I'm cool with him
2: you'd be okay. surprised how no, good I wa-
1: he is no I, wa- I watched highlights of it he's he's an athlete you'd he's, be surprised, he's, uh, but so I there's actual lyrical yeah, there's great lyrical I'm content sure he, in that I'm sure he had some writers of you have course. to figure but and it's auto-tuned but it's still good I liked it the, I was like damn but, he, but what I'm saying he, is but, he just and, Brown would actually sucks. like kill him
0: I don't okay, know so about no, that, so let
1: man. me explain. Antonio Brown was on Hot 97 today in New York.
2: Oh no! Um, and oh
1: no! It was a normal interview. Like he posted an apology to Ben Roethlisberger today on Instagram. I don't
2: buy none of the shit that he does. Well,
1: this is what's weird. He's on the interview. And he's like, you know, uh, the media. Uh, you know, and uh, me and Ben had a great time. He's like slurring his words. He sounded like like he didn't sound drunk. He sounded like punchy, like punch drunk almost. And then they played. He like was concussed. Then they played an interview with him from 2015. This is before the Vontaze Burfitt hit and he's articulate and he speaks clear and confident and strongly. So do you
2: think he's really a seat? C- I, I think, think he's, he, sounds,
1: he sounds punch drunk. Like, I think his, he's... I'm think he i like, genu- I don't think he should be boxing. And it's... Uh, honestly, realistically, Logan Paul's a good athlete. Antonio Brown's a world-class athlete. If Antonio Brown's 100% in the headspace, he should be able to fucking beat him. He's faster, he's stronger, most likely. It's a different kind of breed with a guy like an NFL athlete to a guy who's a high school wrestler. Right. But... It, and if he actually trained, I'm sure he'd pick up boxing. If it, if Logan Paul's picking up boxing on a speed of six, he'll pick up boxing on a speed of ten. You know what I mean? Sure. But I, I'm I can't laugh at this stuff with Antonio Brown anymore it's because not, I, when I heard that interview, I was like, oh no, it's
2: bad. It's um, that
1: bad. It, dude, it's it's really bad. He sounded like slurry. He sounded like James Tony. Like yeah.
2: he sounded like Max Holloway when when Bisming it, called, it called was, him. It
1: was yeah. That's kind of what it was. Yeah, you know, uh, like he, like
2: he's like he's there, but he's not there.
1: You know, like me and Ben had a good time in uh, Pittsburgh. You know, and, uh, you know,
2: he he sounded like that on the shop too. Yeah, the LeBron he, James. Show. It, and then
1: they, like I said, then they played it side by side with an interview with him from 2015, and it was a complete. You could have told me it was two different people. Yeah, and one of them was a 40 year old professional boxer who's been knocked out. Six times, right. and I think that they were two different people.
2: Jesus Christ, um, that's scared. that's uh, that, that's like yeah. legit scary. Yeah,
1: shit. and it's it's it. I, I, I hope he gets help. Man. I he needs it, but I, I don't know if it, it's at past that point. And uh, it, it it it's sad, and it's probably not going to end well. It's, it's gonna be. It, it's this has like a, a really bad ending written all over it. I agree. I'm, and it's I'm, just... I'm actually. i um, at this point. I want. I'm. I'm not rooting for him, but I want to root for him. I need to see effort before I'm rooting for him.
2: I, I agree. It's part. Of, part of me is like. He, he was the best. I don't care what anybody says. He, he was, was the, the best, best wide for receiver. Five years. He was the best. He was a six-round draft pick. He, was, he wasn't Julio Jones. He wasn't Odell Beckham. Dude,
1: I mean, he was on pace for. He, had, he was the first player ever to have five straight seasons of a hundred re- receptions or more.
2: You know what was crazy too is that he was again right before the Burr effect. That he was a consummate professional. He was always. He was articulate. goofy on the field, but he, I mean, he was a silly guy. But you got to be. But like, it was
1: fun, right? I, and he's definitely had more concussions than just that one. And Obviously, it, but that one was so. But it's bad. like that
2: knocked. Him out cold, and I think that put the fear of God in him. And I think, not to mention, coming back, playing a little bit again, you all listen, as someone, doesn't matter on what level of football you play, if you get, if you see stars, you are concussed. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. And even even if you don't, dude,
1: just taking that many hits on the head, it's just little micro concussions, and those might be worse because it's just you don't even realize them and you'll take another one and another one. It's,
2: it's, it's terrible. That's why I
1: didn't like people calling Carson Paul or Carson went soft in that playoff game. He deserves some respect for actually being willing to come out and say something and more player. I don't care if it's the playoffs you're talking life and limb here
2: it's it. it listen, life is bigger than football yeah and I understand and it's also and it you a might, dirty hit
1: yeah I don't agree with that it's a dirty hit um, it was borderline for it's, me borderline it,
2: I, I, that's, that's fine hit.
1: that's why borderline yeah, right. it could be either way yeah. if you told me it's dirty and another person says it wasn't I'm borderline I'm like sure. Uh, but he didn't get fined which kind of surprised me I was expecting at least a fine just the
2: fact you hit him in the back of the head like that but yep. I get it
1: alright the last thing I have here is uh, PETA has a new crusade they're working on Um, You know, PETA. Like like the bread? No, like the animal people, the jerk-offs. They want to Self-righteous douches. Yes. um, The new thing they're going after is that you shouldn't call your pets pets. What? Pets is offensive. Because uh, to the pet... Because it implies ownership. It, it, it implies ownership.
2: It, 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 well, I paid for it.
1: Correct. I know, and also I think ownership it means that you are being responsible for it and now, taking care of it.
2: This is not being derogatory and, towards pets because we all love pets, and if you don't love pets, you're a fucking psycho. Yes. Two. Yes. If and, and it's terrible to say it like this, but listen, it's 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 my property. I paid yeah. for it. That doesn't mean I'm not going to care for but, it, nurture it, take it out the shit.
1: Ownership means so many different things. Like they always say, take ownership of what you did. Take ownership of your work. My ownership of that dog is that I take care of it. I love it. I your, feed it. I your, take it to
2: the vet. Your ownership to Luke and Lily. Yeah. it's You it's, take it's, care of those yeah, fucking exactly, cats. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. It's not... It, my... Pets ain't Kuta Kinte. No. No, it's like, come on. They they want to change... Like, Peter are a bunch of cocksuckers. 100%. The fucking war, they ruin any goodwill they may have dude, with just, things they do for animals with shit like this. Dude, they're
2: just as bad as a fucking Red Cross.
1: Oh, God. I, if anyone ever gives money to Red Cross, they should drop I dead. Giving money to Red Cross. I, 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 I never did. After, did. I after, look after, into, the,
2: after the Katrina shit, I stopped I look into
1: it. any... Uh, well, at least we had Chris Kyle during Hurricane Katrina. Thank
2: God shooting looters from the top of super Superdome. All right,
1: let's wrap this up. Uh, do you have a, a last word this week? Uh,
2: I guess my last word is... Um I had a nice conversation with Quaz about uh, a mutual friend of ours and um yeah, I you know I'll just say it. Uh Greg, if you ever listen to this, I was an asshole a couple years ago. I was an asshole to you. And um sorry, I buried a hatchet, and I can't wait to go to that fucking beefsteak with you, pal.
1: Oh, you're going to a beefsteak with him. I didn't yes. I wasn't aware of that. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be just like old times, dude. It's gonna be water under the bridge done.
2: Yeah, because again, I was talking with Quaz about it and he looked at me and I said, you know what? He didn't have to invite me to his wedding. He didn't have to do any of this stuff to me. And you know what? It's such fucking old news. And hey, dude, I, I was such a dickhead, it, dude, man. Everyone was in their own weird spots. It was. It, it, see, and that's ownership. things. Totally because I, I realized that I was I was I was in a really shitty spot. I was I had really clouded judgment, and shit went south very quickly. And I blamed Greg for a lot of it. And I really shouldn't have. And I, I kind of wish I reached out to him first. But I want him to hear this. And I want to again, and I don't want people to say, "Oh, you're doing the right thing." I'm not doing this for yeah, sure publicity. I'm doing it because I genuinely want to say I'm sorry, dude. Yeah,
1: and I think I think you will hear this, and I don't think you're doing it for I don't think I don't need to say you're doing the right thing. I think whatever you think is the right thing is generally the right thing, and I think that to realize if you made mistakes, um, whether it's with friendships, relationships, family, anything like that, no matter how long it takes, it's just a matter of taking it to just say, "Hey." Uh, this, I was accountable for this. Um, it doesn't matter if you were accountable or not accountable for anything because I'm just taking ownership for my own shit yeah. because the only way you can ever move past things is by acknowledging your hand in them.
2: Yeah. And like I legitimately, and like him just sending me that, you know, the band I gave you today. Oh, when you just, just said that,
1: it to me, I was like, Oh, interesting. And, and
2: it was such, it was such a flashback to old times. And I just, I got this like, Oh my God, you know, like I, I got my boy back.
1: Yeah, dude, I, and I'm glad. You know, I, I've never tried to intervene in any of that because it's not my place, and I I know other people had tried, and it's really not my place. I always just said you two needed to fight or fuck, <laughs> maybe both.
2: <laughs> well, fighting was more of an option, but at the same, like, but
1: fucking is what you wanted.
2: I would, I would. I, listen, I would whoop his ass. Like, let's. <laughs> That's,
1: I just apologize.
2: Well, whoop Chuck's ass. No, no, but uh, but funny. again. Cool, man. I'm glad to hear that. I'm very. I'm. I will I'm, make sure you he hear. And me. I'm so stoked for your wedding, dog. I really yeah. am. I'm not. I'm not doing, li- doing a chair shit. We're
1: gonna you. have literal my wedding and his wedding in back to back months. I know we are. Yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna bro- be wild. Yeah,
2: I. I'm I, dirt- I need to get a new suit. Yeah. Well, you're gonna. You're. you're well, gonna, no, no, yeah. for his.
1: Oh yeah. True. True. Um. Yeah. I still have to like ask all my groomsmen. Um, I should just ask everyone on the podcast to be like, listen in. Taylor, you want to be one of my groomsmen? Yeah, sure. Okay, you're one of my groomsmen. Sick. High five. I gotta get you like a groomsman gift and shit. No, you don't. Um, I do. I
2: do though. I do.
1: I, I'm supposed to.
2: Well,
0: oh, oh, the, do, before do what, the wedding.
1: No,
2: do, do what I do what I did the one the first time we were all spent like at Greg's house for your birthday. You're like, don't give me nothing. I got you. I got you a fucking two dollar Powerball ticket. Yeah. Do the same shit. Well, to I me.
1: actually think what I'll do when we do the bachelor party is I'm gonna get I'm gonna get cigars for everyone. I'm gonna get Cubans for all of us.
2: Am I the first person that knows? Uh,
1: that you're in. Yes. Well, Ralph was asked first. Ralph's, no, that, Ralph's best man. Yeah. You're the first of the groomsmen. Um, Woo. But I mean, you have to figure the other people that would be use asked. Use your imagination. The other people that would be asked. Um, I mean, like I talked to Spooner, like he knows I'm who saying. three of them are, obviously that those three brothers, my four, or my group, the four brothers, they know who, of course. And there's only really one person who I don't think has an idea that he's going to be asked. Uh, um, tell me all fair. Uh, what was that? Tell me all yeah, fair. Yeah. I'll tell you all fair. But, um, yeah, I'm getting married. Taylor is taking ownership. Life is good. Life it's, uh, is
2: grand. It's 2020 is going to be our year.
1: 2020. This decade it's, is going to be our decade. It's the year. If we all make it through it. Listen, it's Who do we have y- money on that's going to die this decade? I got money on Quaz. Oh, no. I don't have money on <laughs> Hot take. Klaus you know, dies th- first. Th- th- the Deadpool. Yeah, the
2: Deadpool. No, nah, but 2020 is the year of You Watch, I Listen. It's the year of growth. and I, I, I don't mean to sound like, f- oh, it's going to be your new, year, no, new, new me. year, new me. No, it's, it's the year of You Watch, I Listen. It's the year that we really like this it's shit. Year we take everyone's dicks and
1: stomp on them and wave our dicks around because we're number one. Put all number your dicks in a toilet seat. Number smash one. It. Number one. Oh, do you ever do that? Yes, it, it sucks. Hurts. Dude. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Later. This Later. was episode eighty eighty. You watch, I listen. Shout out Bet DSI, Lobo Sound, hashtag Shots for Like and Josh. Bye. And Josh. Yeah.